Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Just Browsing. Today, we're bringing you week one of the fantasy football for the Rogue One League. Uh, along with, you know, a great co-host, Zach, we decided to bring back Brandon, unfortunately. And for the first time on the Just Browsing podcast, we have our other buddy named Zach. So, you know, welcome both of you again. And The one true Zach. Let's get... Uh, we will have none of that here. Okay. The one true Zach is here for you now. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna do a rundown of our uh, the top positions in our league. I'll just give a quick rundown of you know our league because we kind of do a psycho fantasy league. We've got two starting quarterbacks, two starting running backs, three starting wide receivers, two starting tight ends, three flexes, a defense, and a kicker. I decided to go through and rank each position based on who I think has the strongest position. And you so, know. wait, just to clarify, you ranked one through eight who you who you think in the league has the best like quarterbacks then running backs then receivers is that kind of how it went yeah did you establish this using any rankings or did you just to go off of i went off of the quarterback the weapons they have stats that they'll probably put up and you know just schedules based on more or less the division so there is some depth behind it. Like, I'll just start off. I think Taya has the deepest quarterbacks with Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's no one that's close to that. And you're not even taking into consideration the bench players. No, for no this bench either, players but like, in this. Or flex. Her, she also has Ann Rodgers and Kirk Cousins on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her, her quarterbacks don't make any sense. So I, mean, I, I told her that she's going to have some Kirk real Cousins. trade bait, like, moving like forward. That? I'm like, someone's going to want... Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins. Someone's going to get desperate for a quarterback and someone's going to send you a trade. Well, and that's the thing, though. For the first season ever, maybe not with Rodgers, right? Like, Yeah, I had him last year thing. and like he but, he was okay, but he wasn't like He was fine at points, but then you have the same thing now. He's got some fucking fire. Green Bay's bringing in some young buck and he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football, ever. And he's like, oh, like go ahead and fuck yourselves. I'm going to roll out of here on <laughs> fire and then yeah. play for, you know the 49ers next season or some shit to end this thing up. So I agree with what you're saying on her I mean, having the best quarterback, even yeah, if you I'd don't consider who's on the bench. Well, I'm interested yeah. in your list. I'd like to hear. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Run through like your one through eight first. Do you have that for every position or just like – I have that for the QBs, one? the running backs, wide receivers, and the tight ends. Okay. I okay. have us ranked one through eight. I mean, defense is the only one that matters. Let's kick it on QBs then for defense, sure. Wins let's go defense is, wins championships, but not in fantasy. Let's let's hear what you got for QBs also with not the, the beginning of the season. <laughs> so I have Tyette first, obviously, with those two picks. She took Mahomes with her first pick, which was what, I think third overall or fourth overall. So, yep. I mean, not a bad pick, but early, kind of high for, for us. In our league. I mean, and compared then, to what he did last year, I would have done that. It's safe money. <laughs> then second on my list, I had you, Zach, with your two quarterbacks. Jones, the real Zach. Because you have... Because you have what? Um, <laughs> who do you, you have Drew Brees I got Deshaun and Watson Deshaun and Drew okay, yeah. yeah. So, so I went with you because... I was happy about getting Deshaun Watson. And then, oh, dude. I had... Second highest paid player in the, quarter, in the league right now. I had a debate between Brandon or Dean who would come next, but... I think Lamar Jackson is going to keep playing at a high level. My issue with Brandon's quarterbacks was Roethlisberger. The dude will either put up 65 points or he'll go for 15. I mean, yeah. it really just depends on if his receivers stay healthy and if he can stay healthy. So I did put Brandon next behind you. Then I went with Dean. And then I went with myself. 
And then I went with the other Zach, a Darian, and Stevens. All right, well, real, real quick, let's say who the quarterbacks are for each rank. Right, but I, so that's my list. So okay. I went with Taya, so we know her two starters are Mahomes, Mahomes and Wilson. And Wilson. Wilson yeah. I, then I went with you, and I have who you have Deshaun Watson, Watson Drew, Drew Brees. Then I went with Brandon, who yeah. has Lamar Jackson and yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, sure. Then I went with Dean, who has Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott. Okay. Then I'm with myself, who has Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. I'm with Zach Colbert, who has Carson Wentz and Josh. Carson Allen. Wentz and Josh Allen. Carson Wentz, I think he's a good quarterback. They don't have any if good receiving healthy, options, and he too. can't stay healthy. Josh Allen, I think, can fucking sling the ball, but he's got accuracy issues and receiving core is an issue there. So you know that's why Zach's low. And then I went with Darian because I don't think he prioritized. Zero percent. Quarterback. You could tell where he was trying to put the money at, and it was not. Nah. Well, in his defense, too, he was like half auto drafting throughout That's this true. thing. I so he did get disconnected. But I don't know when um, he picked up Brady and Newton. It's kind of funny that he has the current Patriots quarterback and the former Patriots quarterback. I thought that was now. funny. It's kind well. of funny that he ended up with that. I'm really hoping Cam Newton balls out in New England this year. I'm not like a Patriots fan. AD but I just, could I'm have sneaky the best Cam quarterbacks fan. if this plays the right, right way. I mean. And really, Brady, like I said, who knows? Best. Like Tom Brady might blow up too, Look and at like the super team. They're find all these there. great I mean, connections there. But then again, if they can't protect him like they could in New England, maybe he's not going to be. And that's the other thing. All, they so. said that Evans may not be a go for the open. I mean, which isn't a huge. You know, that's obviously it's a long season. It's not a huge, huge issue if he's out there. But it does raise concerns. Does he have his best think, receiving um, weapon for the? Well, yeah, I have my doubts with Cam Newton coming to a new system, not necessarily playing last year. One hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't have – he's got, what, Edelman? Who do you and, have more faith in, Newton or Brady? Well, I think Brady's got better weapons. So, I, And I think he's a more experienced quarterback, quarterback. Who, who's going to be able to adjust quickly. And, I mean, well, not to he, mention, he arguably he has, has the best receiving core. Certainly. He's got I mean, Mike Gronk Evans, Chris Godwin, and yeah. you have got, Gronk. I don't think Gronk's – he, he's hit or miss for me this year. Dude, I, the Buccaneers are going to be the most interesting for me. The most interesting team oh yeah. to watch this year. I just I'm so fascinated. Well, to see well they get all these games now. There's yeah. so many big names on their team. I mean, you're running back now. Where you're not talking about who he's passing to. But he's got Lashawn McCoy, McCoy and now Leonard and Fournette. Backing him yeah. up is Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones as their starter. Yeah, that won't it's, last. No, that's the thing. You got right, you'll go to just well, at let the very Fournette least, caught up. Just let Fournette go bang at the goal line, and then if that's not working. Toss it to Gronk for three in the fucking red zone. It doesn't matter if you can still gun it or not. He's still 6'9". Like, he's still balling like a freak of nature. And he's still got that connection. Yeah, he's still one of the all-time best tight ends. He's with the best quarterback. He was only retired for like a year, right? I mean, Yeah, and in that year, they said that he just got way healthier. Yeah. Just... And you got to yeah. wonder, and that's a guy that loves the game of football. You got to wonder if now that he gets to have a little bit more fun outside of the Foxborough system... Maybe he just falls oh, out. What happened? I just fucked this up. I don't know. We all just went quiet. Yeah, lost audio. The Bucks are going to be really interesting. This yeah, is, I'm, I'm really excited I mean, that they, they have could this either many end up being like have. really good or oh, a bunch of big names and absolutely just explode. Average. But I mean, you got they have a really tough schedule this year too. They play the AFC West. Is their AFC team? The yeah. Broncos defense is going to be stacked. I know we lost Von Miller, but. We have one of the defenses that could, I think, could be a top five defense if our offense can just keep stay on the field for more than a three and out every game. If we can score more than uh, twenty points, we're gonna be, be nice. all right. <laughs> Big if in Denver these years, though. But so then to round it up, we have Stevens, and I think he has Teddy Bridgewater and 
Dude, Teddy yeah, Bixkin. Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a robot with no personality at all. He's not a quarterback. That <laughs> what happened to the Rams? Watching. That's what I want to know. Dude, went from having like, the best offense in football to like and one of the best defense being a shell of themselves. Yeah. After that one NFC. I mean, I mean fucking they were like they were like the Broncos. We stacked our team for the sole purpose of making it to the Super Bowl and hopefully winning it. Then the year after that, everybody left. That's true. Yeah, that's the that's the danger of your top heavy shit. If it doesn't work, <laughs> you've really toasted yourself cap wise and shit. And that's the seems to be what's playing out there now. I mean, they're cutting some checks, but Jared Goff doesn't even make you excited to watch the Rams. Yeah, like, he's, he's not a quarterback. They just don't that you're have. Like, oh, they yeah, don't dude. have Brandon Cooks anymore either. They have Cooper Cup. The running back is what Acres. Mm-hmm. Cam Acres, like who they say is balling in camp, but that the whole thing. Tight end is Tyler Higby. Like I mean, I just pretty don't, underwhelming. I, I think what he has going for him is Sean McVay as his head coach. He, he's going to put him oh, in absolutely. good situations. I do like that guy's yeah. dope. That guy's dope. Yeah, he seems like a but, cool coach too. Like you'd really want to play for him, dude. I love the coach for the Titans, Vrabel. Vrabel, Mike Vrabel. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love that guy. I, yeah, I'm Former a player. But with that being said, does anyone want to argue those QB rankings? Um, I just would like to say that I'm stoked you have me ranked as number second. That makes me feel good. Well, and that a little well, bias into that because number, Drew Brees. So you're ranked number two. One, Zach, the one true Zach knows the difference. One Drew Brees. He's got <laughs> We're not Michael Thomas. He's got Jared Cook. He's got Alvin Kamara. He's got Latavius Murray. He's got Emmanuel Sanders now. I mean – He's got more weapons, I think, than he's had in a long time in New Orleans. So that's why I had to give Drew Brees that extra little bump. And then Deshaun Watson, I mean, guy's going to make plays happen no matter who's on his team. And he he's got Brandon Cooks. Who, he, it's not, it's no DeAndre Hopkins who's going to be able to fucking, you know, one hand the ball 16 yards behind his head. But if he gets him in the open, he's gone. Well, you're not going to catch him, David so. Johnson. I mean, like that trade was weird, and it was not. I they mean, lost that trade. That, they point. lost that trade a billion percent. That was the worst that trade I've ever seen. Sure, uh, that was history. for sure a, a wild bill move. There, something going on in the. It's locker, like trading Christian McCaffrey for a fucking. It's water fucking bottle. crazy, <laughs> but they still did get David Johnson. So who's to say? Maybe he feels you know a healthy David Johnson is a bad motherfucker. It's just he doesn't exist very often. So, yeah. I mean, if they can get that guy in Houston, he's going to be an asset. Certainly not to the level that. DeAndre Hopkins was. But. Matt, on a scale of 1 to 10, how mad were you when I drafted Drew Brees? 99. My guy will be That's every year when people draft Drew Brees. <laughs> that guy's been a staple on my team until the past two years. Have you had him every single year? Every single year until the past two years. <clears throat> and every single year to the past two years, I have him queued up, and I'm like, oh, I just need one person not to pick him, and then he gets picked, and I just want to flip the table and punch everyone. <laughs> we were throat. sitting directly across from each other during the draft, and as soon as I clicked draft on Drew Brees, I just looked at Matt, and I could just see the fury in his eyes. The eyes so. right above the laptop? <laughs> yeah, just just steaming. So, Brandon, do you have any arguments on my QB rankings? No. I mean, I think, yeah, I agree with them for the most part. It's just – it's so – it's gonna be a fun season because so many quarterbacks have moved teams too. Well, like and like, I think it's Rivers. gonna be fun to see how they like oh, adapt to those wait. new offenses and stuff. Philip Rivers being new, Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor, Chargers. another him. great one. Him on him on Hard Knocks. We I'm talked really about Cam and I love Tyrod. I'm a little. I feel like Mitch Trubisky is gonna lose his job to Big Dick Nick. Get the fuck out of here, Nick. Big Dick Nick is sweeping him out. 
Yeah, the, I'm not a big I mean, fan of Trubisky. Get I mean, you don't you don't trade for a quarterback that's making what like 28 million to have him sit on the bench. He also won a well, fucking Super Bowl. You're, you're stupid to have that, him sit on the bench. Mitch Trubisky's a great looking dude. Like he'd be a perfect quarterback for a fucking Under Armour commercial. But get the fuck out of the NFL. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's in fantasy. He's good for like average points. Like it's better than taking a zero. He'll get you week, 15 but, to 20 points. Yeah, yeah usually but it's nothing more. special. You know. And just in real football, you're like, what are we? He's yeah. not, he's another one of those guys where you're not excited at yeah. all to see him play football. You're like, if yeah, if you've ever like sat down and watched Bears games, like watched the whole thing, just be like, oh, they God. win with their well, defense. And then you watch that bad. one. What was that? Their their best game, arguably last season, was that Packers game. And then you just watch Trubisky lose it after the Khalil Mack and the defense lay everything out. You're like, oh great, you have no confidence. Like if I was a Bears fan, I'd be fucking furious. Yeah. I mean, no, the Bears were argue, furious when they drafted him, and I thought he was drafted way too high. They could have probably traded back up into the first round and got him. Well, dude, they say that uh, uh, Jordan Palmer, the quarterback guru, had didn't even have him listed as a third round. He was a third round quarterback. By like our experts in quarterback play had him listed as a third rounder, and he looks incredible. So they were like. He's a big, giant, strong kid. Like, he has like all those, like he has all those, I guess, quote like intangibles. For sure. And he's handsome. Like, I mean, he looks so did, like so an NFL quarterback. Looks like, like he's, he's going to be. Yeah, a really he's good a big, strong yeah. dude that looks handsome. He's like he looks like a guy that you could bid for a team, sell yeah. tickets or whatever. But yeah. you got to wonder, like fucking, you could have got so many other guys in that. Ra- that was the quarterback draft. They could yeah. have had so many more dynamic players and still gotten, still gotten. Trubisky. I'm gonna look that up while we're talking. I'm pretty sure they could have had Mahomes. I'm that was sure that, that was draft. I think draft. they were in position. They could have just dra- they could have drafted Sean Watson, and they were like, "Well, we like Trubisky more." Dude, it blew. It blows my mind to this day how Deshaun Watson dropped the way he did. And it doesn't took make like any sense. several people in front of him, and I'm like, "Did you not watch the national championship game?" The fact that he was there, and the fact like he. He played well, for Clemson when that was like – I mean, he's a Clemson quarterback. It's kind of the, the only, thing. The only thing I have to say with that is the NFL at that time was still a pocket-passing league, mm-hmm. and he he was kind of the ground-breaking player. He and Mahomes' play are kind of the ones that have and, opened it up to be a run league. But the fact that they saw what they – and the fact that Mahomes climbed as fast as he did. You remember that in draft? He wasn't talked about – I think – Dude, I so. think before that draft, Watson was pretty clearly above Mahomes, and then it just rocketed above that. Trubisky was the second overall pick, and Patrick Mahomes was the tenth, and Deshaun Watson was the twelfth. Yeah, in that draft, and That's, I thought Deshaun Watson was the top QB. Wow. Who are the other quarterbacks that went before Mahomes and Watson? Mm, I think Trubisky was the only quarterback. Okay, that went okay, that, that yeah. makes sense then. Because that was when uh, I think that's the they got Tack McKinley. The, is that the same draft that the Falcons got Tack McKinley in the first round? Mm, I'll look it up. That was the same draft that um, the Broncos drafted Garrett Bowles. Yeah, mm, Broncos. Right, we'll move on from that. <laughs> Dude, I don't. I don't Absolutely know. I'm so bad at remembering drafts. I that's because there's yeah, seven rounds. My CTE with people, is too so. strong. I I'll pay attention <laughs> to the first round and it's out of my brain by the end of the first round. But with hey, that being said, Mr. Irrelevant is all of them for me. Zach, what did you want to know? The Falcons who, drafted who? Yeah, who'd they take in that first round? To Karis McKinley. Yeah, right. there we go. Yep. That was a good draft. That was a fun one to watch. So now moving, I did not remember any of this. So now I'm moving on from guy. quarterbacks, let's go to the running back position, which looking through our league was tough. It was really tough to come up with a list for this because there's people that had like one like standout running back and then the other one's like – you know, hit or miss. And I don't know who, you know, 
who really took the cake. So actually, Zach, I had you as the top. Wow. And, and that's okay. with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. Now, I wanted to put an asterisk next to this because those two guys are injury prone. So if they stay healthy, they're going to produce for their team. If they don't stay healthy, you're fucked. You, you, I was looking at the rest of your team, and you don't necessarily have the most depth at running back. Remind me who you had. You had Aaron Jones and who else in there? Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Okay. Th- All th- right. So I have Zach with with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. I had a Darian next, which let's see if I can pull up his shit. Okay, so a Darian had Christian McCaffrey and Miles Sanders. And I thought ESPN ranked Miles Sanders way too high during draft day, but I definitely see a lot of upside with him. And Brandon, being an Eagles fan, could probably talk a lot more about that. And... Um, well, more importantly, he came from Penn State the year after Saquon did. Oh boy! And was breaking. Well, he, he broke was like Saquon's. Yeah, record. he was yeah. balling out at Penn State, and so, so he I came liked from it. Penn State and he plays for the Eagles. He's, he played so like Brandon a has a, basically a shrine of him in his room. Dude, he, he, he was. He's a smaller. He's a, <laughs> he's a smaller Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I like him a lot, but you know, I was. I was big on him when he was a rookie. I drafted him last year and was expecting him to like take over Jordan Howard's spot and like be a really good running back, and he never really was. I mean, we had like the same guys coming in, even in the playoffs. Um, not the playoffs, I guess. Playoffs. Right before mm-hmm. it or something. I don't even remember. Um, we had a Boston Scott come yeah. like our like 90th string running back come in and play better than Miles Sanders was. And didn't they re-sign Jay Ajayi? Last year, too, to come in, and then he, like, got hurt the first snap he was back. Yeah, I think so. It's hard for me to remember. But So then I went with a Darian with, with those guys. And then I went with myself just because I think that it's hard to beat um, – I'm looking at anything of his name. He plays for the Titans. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry and, and Chris, Chris Carson. Carson yeah. I think both those players are – Derrick Henry was really good for me last year. Right. I don't think he's necessarily going to have the same stats as last year, but I definitely think he's going to be a very big point producer in terms yeah. of fantasy points. Yeah. And I think Chris Carson's the same. If he can stay healthy, he's a very critical part to a run-heavy offense in Seattle. So I put myself at third. I put Brandon at four. And who does Brandon have? Let me look it up real quick. He has Joe – Alvin Kamara and Alvin, Joe Mixon. So – Joe, I think Brandon could have easily been vaulted to number one, but the injury concerns of Mixon kind of put doubt in my brain, as well as I keep hearing that Kamara might still hold out, even though he says he's not going to for a contract. So, But if he shows up, I mean, Kamara could easily put up 30 points a week, and Mixon could easily show up and you know be the 20 to 30-point guy too. So Brandon kind of has another – Asterisk like you that he could easily been vaulted to one. It's just his injury concerns and possibly like contract concerns. Yeah, like a lot of us have real high ceilings, but there's also like real low floors. Right. right. If, if things go one way or another. So And then I had Dean after Brandon. And he's got Saquon and Le'Veon. And so Saquon's obviously I mean, we don't need to talk about Saquon. He he's gonna produce again, if he can he's stay healthy. Beast. If he can stay healthy and they can get something going in the passing game. His ceiling goes that much higher. Yeah. Le'Veon, on the other hand, very skeptical. I'm very skeptical. That one I have to disagree with. Le'Veon Bell plays for the Jets now under Adam Gase, who he's been beefing with openly on Twitter and shit. Have they really? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Gase kept him out of practice the other day, and he was like, oh, he's got a hamstring that we're keeping eyes on. And Le'Veon tweeted at him, and he goes, my hamstrings are fine. Let me play. Oh, no. That's uh, not a good sign. 
I have a real question well, and when it comes there. Anything I'm, to do with the Jets this season, man, I'm Yeah. Well, and I'm just out. very skeptical yeah, about Le'Veon Bell anyway. Well, I mean, he, he played so well with the Steelers. So well. And, and then, certainly in a system, he can do yeah. well. He's proven that. I just don't think – I don't think Adam Gase gets along with anyone. It doesn't seem anybody likes to play for him. It doesn't seem like – he elicits real enthusiasm from any player. Like, yeah. Jamal Adams couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there, dude. Yeah. He's like, that, I just don't know if that's it. Well, and like you said, the Jets, like, anything involved with the Jets. Like, if we're talking Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers, then it's a whole totally different guy. But dude, the Jets haven't been relevant since yeah. Namath. They got, like, some promising Talk about parts, though. Like, Sam Darnold, I mean, I feel Sam like. Darnold could be a good he's quarterback. A, he's certainly. trying his that's ass the thing. off. They have to build there. around him. Right he's a freak. Because <laughs> he's another one of those dudes, though. He's a... Physically, you won't find very many people as talented arm-wise, certainly, as fucking Sam Darnold. The fact that he played linebacker at USC and then switched positions probably reads the defense a lot better than anybody in his class. Like, he doesn't have anybody to throw the fucking ball to. They sold Robbie Anderson. Who, who are his Sam receivers? Darnold got drafted, I think, the same year as Jared Goff. There's a lot of really young quarterbacks in the league right now that I like a lot. Oh, like, for I sure. Like I think the future of Josh Allen a lot. Incredible. I think he's done great in Buffalo. I think Daniel Jones is exciting for the Giants. Very exciting. He's one of my other he's quarterbacks like, I have. Yeah. Um, and actually, I had him in there ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. The only reason I put Roethlisberger in there for this was this week is his matchup. Yeah, he's yeah. going up against like the 28th. Cincinnati, season. right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what you do. And so I'm like, he took a whole year off. Hopefully he doesn't come back 500 cheeseburgers deep and he's ready to play. <laughs> well, it seems like Only 450. all the talk, dude, he seems like he looks fucking good. Have you seen the like the camp clips that I've seen like NFL.com? He looks like a like a slim Ben. I mean, like, oh, fuck. But it makes you wonder, like, does he hammer defense? Like, he's on he those impossible burgers now. Really just <laughs> Slim Ben is just like, I didn't drink a 30 rack of beer before I showed up for this interview. He's one of those Slim guys ben that like, I spent all last summer tugging my bologna, so I just fucking burned calories. Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys, I feel like if he lost all of the weight in the world, none of it would go from his face. Yeah, he's So he'd have like a really fat face. And, and he grows that face. thick beard, so it doesn't yeah, help yeah. if he were to, you couldn't see it. That's so funny. I but, can totally see it. He'd be like a tiny little skinny skeleton guy with the biggest, fattest head ever. But back to running backs. Oh, yeah, we got this. I had uh, Zach coming in at, what would that be, sixth, with Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think I body and, all of you. I mean, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is is obviously proven, but you're, we're, we're, we can't, I can't put rookies up. You know that high. I feel that. I think the system he's in, though, with Andy Reid – and to like the guy we've just been doting on, Patrick Mahomes, that the talent that he expressed in college, the fact that he's going to be under Andy Reid in a in a running back friendly position in a front, running back friendly zone kind of area, he's going to fucking ball out, man. And I'm, I'll be happy to have this podcast at the end of the year where I'm the we're number one, it now. where the you're number still one the Sacco. <laughs> um, who did and you have number one? Still Sacco. Yeah. I had you. Yeah. So I'm number one for running backs and number two for quarterbacks, quarterbacks. in the rankings. But uh, then going back to seven, because we're not on one, we're back to seven. I have Taya. Yeah, all right, relax. I was just asking. Who has Nick Chubb and David Johnson. I think Nick Chubb's going to be great in Cleveland. He's one of the bright sides on that. I like Nick Chubb a lot. That offense that seems to have the greatest weapons ever that still suck. <laughs> yeah. And then I what have great David talent Johnson. goes to die. <laughs> I have David Johnson, who I think is a phenomenal player. Just again, he he's been injury prone lately, and he's coming to a new system. So, I was very hesitant to move to move Taya's. The injury risk with Taya's Johnson up. is 
blaring. Just the idea that if you get a healthy David Johnson is such a weapon, but it is it's a huge if at this point. Certainly, you can't yeah you can't rely on him just being healthy and being okay, especially with the linebacker or the line they have in Houston outside of Tunsil. Not great. So So that was seven. That was seven. So rounding out our running backs, I have. Stevens, who has Eckler and Josh Jacobs. Again, I think they're both prime for big roles, but this is going to be the first year where Eckler doesn't have Melvin Gordon with him. So That's a good I'm, point. I'm more or less interested to see. I think he's a great you know, running back, and we'll just do a quick shout-out to Western State Colorado University, or what is it, Western Colorado University now, where Brandon and I are both alum. And uh, you know, we're there when Eckler was The NFL hated. factory. But anyways, <laughs> I think Eckler could easily be – the next Christian McCaffrey in terms Dude, of production. He, so I guess I was thinking about Eckler from last year because I was like, that guy gets so many touches and he puts up an insane amount of points for a guy that you, like you never hear about. But then you brought up good points like no Melvin Gordon this year, right? Well, that's the thing. This year. You always had like, that. Always had that too. Yeah. You always had one of the one of the so veterans of the league giving yeah. you the ball. Not to mention you have a giant that can bang between the tackles when yeah. you really need him. But as a gadget back, I mean, not not really a gadget guy. He can do. He's proven that he can do a lot of stuff. But I, what I a just, fucking athlete Eckler is, man. If he can if he can hold up a whole season the without so the help, much, like, I just don't do. think he's an every down back in the NFL. Like, I, I mean, I, the guy's a freak of nature. I follow him on Instagram. His workout videos. I'm like, dude, this guy's a tank. He could take a beating. I just want to see before I were to like. I mean, he took him with his first pick, and I think he had the third overall pick. So that I, was I know a it's huge I know it's biased. Surprise. I know it's biased oh, though because Brandon, Brandon went there, right? Brandon, right. Brandon was him. the he was he, Eckler's oh, coach. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So well, that's still kind of insane. But, but I mean <laughs> for the first But think pick. about it. You're you bring in Tyrod Taylor and I think, you know, as a running back, you can easily check down to, to your running backs. And Eckler's a reliable receiver out of the backfield. The dude can run like crazy. If you get him in open space, I mean the dude's gonna be gone. I just I have. You're right to be concerned. I don't Matthew, have it's, doubts. It's I Matthew just have Barry, though, he. I watched this thing on Austin Eckler because he was talking about how he's been getting drafted way later, and like they have him like, you know, as a top, as a top. Pick. Yeah, like he was like in the top ten running backs, and they were like he should be going earlier, and they brought up all these stats on how he did with Melvin Gordon, and he was a second ranked running back behind Christian McCaffrey with Melvin Gordon, and the fifth ranked running back when Melvin Gordon was out. So he's still, still slaying he's still it every oh, yeah. year. And I feel like as long as you know, he's not going to get all those touches because, you know, um, Justin Jackson, I think is his name, yeah. he, he was getting a lot of carries last year. So Austin's going to get a lot of volume. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I get a little worried because he looks so freaking small out there. But he is like – he's built like – He's built like he should be built. He's like he's a couple inches taller than Darren stacked. Sproles, but like 100 pounds. More but he's muscle. also like pound for pound one of the strongest people in the NFL. He like looks talk I mean, about like when you see him hit and continue churning his legs after contact, and the size of the dudes, he's like, to your point, comparatively when you see him take hits, you're like, well, that guy's going to die. Like the second a lineman hits him, he's going to – and then he just gets hit and churns through a lineman hit and goes to the second level, and you're like, oh, well, maybe – Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like this guy's a tank. For well, sure I've worked, I've worked out with Austin, and he does stuff in the weight room that you know it blows your mind. And so it's like I'll sit there and vouch for him a little bit. I think he's going to be a good running back this year. I mean, I, oh, I'm, I'm not, never. I'm not, he like will try set press back. people's bench press maxes. I remember he skull crushed it one time. I spotted him on it. I was like, 
He just got up and I was like, that was the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm, I'm not doubting that he's going to have a great year and, and he's going to produce. I just, you know, Melvin Gordon would come in on the goal line and, and get the goal line touches because that's the, you know, you got to be the fucking Haas that gets in the end zone. I just hope he stays healthy because if he does, I mean, he's going to, I could easily see him being a 1,500-yard rusher with 750 receiving easy and double-digit touchdowns total. I mean... But I even have the same worries with Eckler with like health and everything. I have those same worries with like McCaffrey and no one talks about him with McCaffrey. Well, how about Philip Lindsay, where we now have Melvin Gordon? There's the same kind of idea. Smaller back, less built, considerably less built than an Austin Eckler, obviously less strong. But now you have you know, now you have that big bruiser coming from the Chargers and coming into Denver, who's to say that he doesn't just supplant, you know, the same kind of thing here? I, I feel looking, like I was looking up to see who had Melvin Gordon in our fantasy league, and Brandon, it's your dad. And no. He has both Philip yeah, Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, but then you know, going to Josh Jacobs since we just he's out of Bama, right? Yes. Give me one besides Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry. Give me one good Bama running back that's been taken in the first round in the past ten years. Eddie Lacy. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> that you phrased that wrong. Cheeseburger Eddie. Old you cheesy Eddie. What good running back from Alabama has then had a successful NFL career? Because there's been a lot of good running backs out of Bama. Right, but that's the thing. But we're talking Three. about in the NFL. Where I'm not talking about. Yeah, but the way like you phrased it was like, just name me a good. How many can we name? Though there was. Like, let's see. There was Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy, first round. There was Derrick Henry, first round. T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon. Who he he was, was a, he was in the league and he was then a he leaguer for a while and then he just rolled out. Uh, Derrick Henry. Bo Scarborough. Bo Scarborough, who's I with think the Cowboys right now. Third no. string. Bo Scarborough's in Detroit right now. And then I don't think he has. I think he's in New England. Well, I think he might be released or something because I didn't. They were talking when I looked up Adrian Peterson today. They were not talking about Bo Scarborough. That's really a bummer. And then, um, I mean, Josh Jacobs. He's unproven again. This is going to be a second year in the league. So again, he plays for Vegas. I don't think they have a very good offensive line. It's so weird talking about Vegas as having a football team, that right? Is Placed on IR to create but, spot for Peterson. So, I mean, I have my doubts with Stevens, and that's why I put him as last on our running back rankings. Brandon, do you have arguments for my running back rankings? Well, I feel Based like what, we've gone so the, it, what I think is difficult about this list in ranking it is we have flex players. Right. This is like, purely just our start. I know, but like, I don't even know if I consider Joe Mixon my starting running back when I have Todd Gurley, who's like projected more points than he has. And I'm like, so it can be interchangeable. I mean, I'd still keep you where you were even adding Todd Gurley in there just because he's coming to a new system. And with him, I think everyone that's you know, smart when it comes to football could go, yeah, this dude has injury problems. And I love Todd Gurley to death. Did you do a flex ranking or no? No. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard because it could be wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. But, you know, I mean – I get. I. I mean, it would have been too hard. Our roster size is too big for me to sit there and analyze. I mean, I think I have seven running backs on my team, just me. Do you? So, so if we took like an average of, you know, how many teams have X amount of running backs. So if all eight of us have seven running backs, I can't sit there and try and rank all these running backs because a lot of them are backups. Yeah. A lot of them, you're sitting there, you're going, well, I hope the starter gets hurt so that I can throw this dude in there and he can jack up my, my fantasy points. But, you know, you can't bank on people getting hurt. 
This is also so difficult before anything happens. You know, we can always overanalyze, and then the very first play of the very first game, we're mm-hmm. all down a starting running back. You never know. Yeah. Like, some weird could go down. So, Well, well thankfully, this is- thankfully, this year we had no preseason games to worry about. Yeah, where, that's like, true. in the past, we've you've had your eye on a player. Or, you know, years ago, before we really had figured this whole thing out, we used to draft with, like, still one or two preseason games to go. We'd do it like And your player died. And then, yeah, like, I had Jordy, Jordy Nelson one year, and then he, like, snapped his ACL in one of the preseason games, and then he was out for the year. So it was, like, a wasted pick. So, yeah, then you just burn a pick. Yeah. I mean, so the, the first few games of the year. We, we lucked out this year with no preseason games, so we didn't have to worry really about injuries, except for, like, freak shit that just happened to, like, Von Miller, like, in practice, like, right. stuff like that. But. Brandon wow. could talk about teams exploding, but <laughs> maybe no one. No, I mean, <laughs> about, about two weeks in, Brandon's whole roster is just going to have Qs and like Os, red Os. And IRs. <laughs> I just everyone out of nowhere. He's IRs. just going to be like sending an email it, to us all like, can we add more IR spots, please? It only <laughs> matters in the playoffs. That's true. Zach, do you have any issues with my my running back? I don't. You have me ranked first, so I think it's golden. I think it's perfect. <laughs> I think you did great. <laughs> I wouldn't change. I mean, I think it's hard to argue. I, I mean, if Dalvin Cook produces, he's easily going to run yeah. for twelve to fifteen. Well, you, yards. you said it during the draft. You were like, "I like your running backs. You're like, you got yeah. you got good running backs." So I was like, I didn't even really set out in the draft to pick running backs. Like, I wasn't shooting for anyone in particular. They just kind of came up when I was drafting. I was like, "That's a good name." And I ended up with. I'm, I'm happy with my quarterbacks and my running backs, to be honest. My starting guys. So, yeah, well, I don't know. we'll see how it goes. I well, mean. Think, like you said, like things look good on paper, then the season starts, and it's like, well, I mean, this I mean, guy this that is, I thought was going to dominate now scores nine points. This is all speculation useless, based so. on last year's stats and That's all we can know, do projections. Yeah. It's, a, it's like the said, only thing we can do. Weapons on the team or quarterbacks, you know, like I think the wide receivers in Indy are going to have a better year than they've had since Andrew Luck. And that's purely because they have Phillip Rivers as quarterback. Yeah. So moving on to wide receivers, I have my wide receivers ranked first. Okay, let's see. Yours are... And I have Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Devontae Adams. Dude, Michael Thomas is such a beast. Yeah, your receivers are... Um, so I pro- you could tell I prioritize my receivers. Yeah. I, well, I, and again, you said that during the draft, too. You're yeah. like, I don't know how you guys let me have these receivers because these receivers I really are great. don't. But so, I mean, I went with myself first... I think it's hard. I think Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the league. He's so hard to, hard to argue. Hard to argue. Julio Jones is just a mismatch no matter who you are on defense. Even and, with and Matt the, Ryan throwing the dude's the got a good quarterback. The dude's just a proven player. I mean, he's going to put up fantasy points. Again, if he can stay healthy the whole year, I mean, gold. And then Devontae Adams is literally the only weapon Aaron Rodgers has in Green Bay. So if he can stay healthy and Aaron Rodgers stays healthy – I mean, I'm guaranteed like a touchdown, like seven catches and 90 yards every week. And then... Okay, who's your number two? I had Brandon at number two. I was just looking at Brandon's list and I was like, I think Brandon should be pretty high on here. I didn't do the rankings like you did, but I'm just kind of scrolling through our rosters as you're talking. Yeah. I, have, I have him number two because he has Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and... Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yep. Keenan Allen's kind of the wild card there because he lost Philip Rivers. I think Tyron Taylor's a good quarterback, but he's not going to be the he's not going to be throwing like Philip Rivers did. He's not going to throw for 400 yards, four touchdowns and four interceptions. I think yeah. Tyron Taylor's going to peak at 300 350 yards and to that yeah, if end, you can hear that you can hear my my puppy <laughs> she's kind of thirsty. <laughs> to that end though, Keenan Allen remains maybe the best route runner in the NFL. Like there's there are the crispest fucking routes. He dismantles corners, takes them apart. He's just so fucking fast. I think Wait. anybody throwing him the ball, 
especially with Tyrod being the new quarterback, he's going to rely on those dudes. Oh, okay, Tyrod. I was just, uh, I was just going to ask you guys who was the quarterback in Tyrod Taylor because I kind of spaced it. But you answered that question. So I had Brandon it too behind me, and I don't want to say it wasn't a close second. It's because those six receivers right there, any day could easily carried like. My projections for this week, my, those three receivers I have are projected 60 points. Damn. Out of my 216. So, I mean, they're projected to score, like, the most points on my team. So, they're going to carry me. So, then after Brandon, I had Stevens. And his are, again, great fucking weapons. They're just on teams that I don't know... You know. Then again, receivers, you could have a receiver on the the team that goes fucking three and thirteen all year. And you have, you know, their the receivers drop in fifteen hundred yards with seven touchdowns. You know So Stevens has Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen, and Cooper Cup. Am I looking yeah. at that right? Okay. So Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen are phenomenal. He also has um Brandon Stevens has Jared Goff, so anytime Jared Goff's throwing touchdowns to Cooper Cup, that's good for him. And, you know, if we're going to talk about Flex, he has T.Y. Hilton, who I think is a phenomenal receiver, and Tyler Boyd. So I've always liked T.Y. Hilton. He's, he's, like, he's one of those guys that if you see him on the waiver wires during the year and you're desperate for a receiver, you're like, yeah. He, he's well, gonna, dude, he's and now he's got Phillip Rivers. He's going to pop he, in and give me some solid he, points. He's going to excel. So I, I put Stevens at third. I think it's a fair spot for him. I mean, Tyreek Hill, arguably the, you know what, he's the, arguably the he fastest the player fastest ever in the NFL. Well, and just by the b- benefit of being in Kansas City with Mahomes and that right. offense. Just- well, if you can run a 4-0-40 <laughs> and you have a fucking guy that can throw it 90 off his knees, <laughs> yeah. you're probably going to fucking win that's some matchups there. That's, like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good pairing. So, so then, fourth? So I have Dean at four, and he has Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, and DJ Moore. Kenny Galladay, I think I had him last year, and he's been very... And I had DJ Moore last year. I think I smashed Dean. So, Chris Chris Godwin's going to be very... It'll be very interesting to see the Buccaneers' offense. To see how these... Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Gronkowski... It'll it'll be interesting to see how the ball gets spread. I don't think he's going to have a Peyton Manning 5,500 yards and 55 touchdown type year, but who knows? Tom Brady could pop off for easily over 40 touchdowns this year and we could all be fucking shocked with three receivers over a thousand yards each i mean i'm personally a little bearish on tom brady and the bucks but maybe oh so am i pessimistic i don't know they're either gonna go off or they're gonna be he's gonna have like 2500 yards passing and like 20 touchdowns and we're all gonna be like it could what go happened? really good or it could go really bad i'm just worried about them like if they can't protect him very well it's gonna look like shit because he's so old he's so immobile who's the he's backup so fragile who's the backup in um, i don't know actually Tampa. do you know that, I don't man? Know that. where did famous Jameis go saints Jameis is the third string for the old saints these days no he's second is he second Taysom hills oh well, they have him. that's all right they have him Taysom Hill is, he's actually the backup for every position that's why he's I the backup left tackle end. as well <laughs> I don't know who who's Tampa's our second string kicker. It's second Taysom. string quarterback Taysom Hill. is. He's the holder though. <laughs> He's going to snap it to him. Ryan Griffin. <laughs> He's going to kick Ryan it pun style. Griffin? That dude's so RG3? athletic. He could. He's he would hike it to himself. Not that guy. Dude, hold it himself. He he would just like what are those drop kicks that no one does anymore? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what he, he would do. Back up six yards, maybe. And then the one guy, like the one defender game. that was close enough to him when he did that, he would just like pancake him. Bro, he's a freak. 
Taysomville doesn't make any sense. Okay, so they have Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, and Blaine Ryan Griffin. Griffin. Okay. Blaine Gabbert. I forgot he was even a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then after Dean, in terms of wide receivers, I have a Darian who has Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, and A.J. Brown. Amari Cooper is going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. A.J. Brown, again, is going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. And Stephon Diggs is the best weapon Josh Allen has in Buffalo. I put Stephon him. Diggs is good. I like him. Yeah, it'll be, again, another move in the offseason I think works well for Buffalo, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, Buffalo is one of those, when we get into the later months of the year and they get bad weather, you're not throwing the ball for 300-plus yeah. yards. You're throwing the ball for 125 yards, and you're like, hell yeah, I'm 11-40 today. Yeah. Who is the receiver you said is the best in Buffalo? Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Oh, yeah. So See, I got John Brown, and I think he's a good wide receiver too for the Buffalo. Bills. I think I think he's a great wide receiver. John Brown's an athlete. With with the trade Stephon of Stephon Diggs. Diggs, it just bumps John Brown down. So I have a Darian there. Then Zach, I have you. Zach Jones, that is coming in at oh, that'd be six. Who's the true Zach, by the way? Just fucking don't say it. I was gonna look over it and, <laughs> and Zach and be like, "Don't say it, don't say it." And then Brandon had to bring it up. <laughs> Um, so you have you really have me at sixth? Yeah, with Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, and Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Well, you can't be ranked first and second in everything, Zach. Yeah, Zach six. You had to make it look fair. Well, okay, so Jarvis Landry, I think, is worse than Odo Beckham Jr. And he has Baker Mayfield as quarterback. Who Baker Mayfield's going to either throw for fucking Mayfield three hundred yards in a game, or he's going to throw for fucking seven interceptions. Trust me, I had him on fantasy last year. He never broke thirty points for me. Yeah. Calvin Ridley is taking a backseat to Julio Jones. Julio Jones goes down, Calvin Ridley's stock skyrockets, and he could easily pop off. Then again, they did, lost, they did lose Austin Hooper at tight end, so it opens up a lot more receptions for Calvin Ridley. Ridley's a big dude, so, too, man. He could do TV. You know, he's good. And then Tyler Lockett's your best receiver. He's Russell Wilson's favorite target. Tyler Lockett's good. And he's going to put up a lot of numbers. But with DK Metcalf, when they get down into the red zone, Tyler Lockett's small ass ain't getting the ball. It's going to the fucking six nine Megatron freak of nature. Speaking of that, well, I have. I want to sign a so. petition to bring back well, Megatron. Bring, bring Megatron bring back, back Calvin Johnson. He could still play. He said he'd come back, but he can still play. He, he if wanted. Dez is snipping around this shit. Give Megatron a fucking contract. What are we talking about? But I would Zach, get rid of every Eagles wide receiver to bring in Calvin Johnson. So you get rid of nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so nothing at all. <laughs> the, the Eagles win this. Game. So who are you getting rid of? Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> He's not even on our so team. Say, doesn't he play for uh, Carolina? Dude, he shouldn't even be in the NFL. That dude can. So then, and we're gonna get on a real tangent on this one because we talked about it before we started recording. So I have Taya coming in at seven. She has Odo Beckham Jr., oh, Allen Robinson, and Julian Edelman. OBJ. Allen Robinson, I don't think Trubisky's a big stats producer, so if he's playing, his stock is middle of the road for me. If Foles comes not, in, there you go. Robinson with his, Foles. his stocks goes higher. Julian Edelman, just, I hate the guy. I think he's a POS. Well, I mean, you got to think he's, he's got to be like Cam Newton's number one target, right? Like, he, he's he Cam counts? Newton's number one target, well, but that's, that's, the, way the, way I that's the thing, though, is you'll easily be able to double team him because. New England has no other weapons. There it goes. Edelman, I fucking hate him. Straight <laughs> up, fuck that guy. <laughs> and then we've like, got... Here's my stats. Don't like the guy. Then Don't we've like got him. Odo Beckham Jr., who... Then again, he went to Cleveland, ruined his career just because it's Cleveland. And they've ruined everyone's career. Well, Cleveland, I've never really... Dude, I, Cleveland. I've never 
liked Odell that much. I think he's really overhyped. Would anyone like to take this moment to address the latest thing going on? Well, first of all, before we even talk about him getting pooped on, literally, the dude looks like he eats rocks for a living. Like, besides Floyd Mayweather, he might be one of the stupidest looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. So, for anyone who's listening to this in the future, this is September 9th, 2020. (laughs) Within the past few days, this big story has broken that Odell Beckham Jr. likes to get shit on, I guess. I have not looked into it. It's one of his sexual fantasies. Yeah. But Listen, where did this come from? Does anyone know the background? It came from a podcast. Someone fill me yeah. in. So Someone there was some sort a of a podcast. I think it was the. I think it was No Jumper. I think um, the they had his former girlfriend on or something like that, and she was speaking on an instance in which he was meeting up with her, and he was like, "I'm going to pick you up, whatever. I don't want you to shower for 24 hours," and apparently had asked leading up to this for like videos of her taking shits and like really into it and then i guess when the time came she tried to shit on him and physically could not do it <laughs> she for, couldn't come so to shitting on that from is from what we understand this is all super alleged this is well, a lady that was obviously she's been wrapped up in a bunch of different like weird shit stuff. she was chief keeps baby mama and she was trying to oh. throw all this weird shit and like start rap beefs and stuff so Take everything she says with a grain of salt. I would say a massive grain of salt. He clearly likes to be shit on in his career, as evident <laughs> by the move to Cleveland. So getting shit on in the bedroom, the best not thing that wide ever, outside. though, has been the memes that have came from this news. Yeah, it's, it's good for the memes. Scrolling through it's Instagram and Twitter these last like 24 hours has been just gold. <laughs> I mean, like obviously, like you said, it's super alleged, and like I feel bad if that's definitely not true. And he's just like getting his name put out there as like yeah. shit on. But I don't like Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> I just don't like his personality at all. So it's like, go Tigers! I fuck with you forever. If OBJ. there's anyone that like this could be happening to, it's kind of like makes me grin that it's Odell Beckham Jr. You know, the same fucking asshole who decided to wear like a Rolex onto the field mid game. I think the watch year, like, he wore makes. Hey, dude, Rolex look at look how like... sick I am! I can wear a watch during the middle of the game. Like, dude, fuck off. I think he also wore something. That would make Rolex look like poor people clothes. You probably yeah. I don't know what it was. Five hundred thousand dollar watch out on the field six or something. But but the fact that I haven't seen him come out and say anything against this. He just he did an Instagram post. But did he admit to it? No, he like didn't. It was like a denying it. Like he like made some thing about like. I don't know, essentially, like, turning away from, like, people allegedly, like... And he, I don't remember how he worded it, but, like, he used, like, shit in the post. This seems like one of those things that could be like, super fake. It. Like, this does seem like one of those stories where it comes out that you're like, oh, I mean, of course you made it up. It could also as easily be one of those ones where you're like, fucking that guy for well, sure gets shit on. So but here's also, what I on it is just... Do you, baby boy? He's, got all that bread? I feel like he's... The reason I said he's, like, the most overhyped player in the NFL is, like, he's not that... Good. He, and he, he everyone can, acts like he's like the fucking greatest gift to receiving. He can make great catches. Like, he, he can he can make some. Dude, unhuman, last year he had seventy four catches, a thousand thirty five yards, four touchdowns. He right. is one of those. He, he can make great catches all fucking year. He can make great catches. And he walks but, around like he's like fucking God's gift to receiving. Like it fucking not. bugs the shit out of me. He's I don't, I don't one of have those athletes where you see him play and you're like, holy fuck! Like physically, the attributes well, yeah. are obvious. Well, I feel but, like no, I think you're right. When it comes along, the they always say, you know, be who you can afford to be. Mm. Antonio Brown probably acting fucking crazy before we heard about it because he was the best receiver. Yeah, because he's got the talent. For you him. don't yeah. 
You it's don't like, get to do I mean, that. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, like, every once in a while he makes some cool one-handed catch, and everyone's like, oh, my God, isn't Odell Beckham Jr. so well, good? It's like, You get all the antics of, with, like, him fighting, like, DeAndre kicking Hopkins that shit. Yeah, shit I'd rather have... Yeah. And then like, dies in the middle of the I'd field. rather have at least 10 other receivers in the league before I go to oh, Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. Like, I don't know. He just It just bugs me how everyone just, like... Puts him on this pedestal. He's like know? the Steph Curry of the. That's what NFL. I was gonna say. You know why it's too? Like the, it's because he was so fucking talented. Steph Curry is better in, in the NFL than Odell is, or better in the NBA than Odell is in the NFL. I was like, I don't know how you'd handle the NFL. There's certain <laughs> NBA players I'd like to see in the NFL. Steph Curry is not one of them. Meta. No. Give me a 28 so, year old Meta world piece of tight end. Then <laughs> jumping back to and our list, right now. I have Colbert's wide receivers as the worst. Easily the worst he decision you've made. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jerry it. Judy, and Marquise Brown. Well, okay. Okay. To Brandon's point, let's go ahead and make Portland your pitch. Make your pitch. I have Ceedee Lamb. Yeah, you already lost. I have Henry Ruggs. Rookie. I got Justin Jefferson. Rookie. Yeah. Again, Asterix, I could. Oh, Jerry and Judy. Jerry Judy. Four rookies. Absolutely fucking body. Certainly your receiving oh, you have court, but everyone's. And Portland again, Sun that's an asterisk. And Jerry Judy. Asterisks, rece- rookies, With I totally rookie get it. But when they body yours, <laughs> the asterisks will be subtracted. The rookie argument will be out How's the window. How's that Sacco feel? Not the same as when it'll feel for you this year. Oh, okay. When my all fucking right, receivers right, body right. you. So when, when Zach's receivers... So Zach disagrees. Zach disagrees. Yeah, well, his receivers okay. this week are going to drop like 10 These points. are Matt's rankings. Okay. Fake rankings Matt's from Matt's head. Uh, Again, no. Julian we, Edelman doesn't like him, so not a fucking good receiver. Brandon, do you have any disagreements with my rankings for wide receivers? I already said that I did not. I don't think I should be as low as I am. I mean, Six. I yeah. didn't like this idea <laughs> going into it because we're all going <laughs> off of one person's opinions. But I mean, that's why we're saying the like the who you have though, because then you can. I mean, probably. I don't even remember all the. The wide receivers for everyone's team already. I get, I have stage five CTE. <laughs> but I think it comes in stages. <laughs> We're a category three CTE. <laughs> <laughs> These are not storms. <laughs> All right, did, is that the last position? That, or who else? No, did we did. I did tight ends too. Is that the last mm. one? Tight ends. That tight ends will be the last position okay. that I did. Look, I changed. I think I moved so, one of my tight ends, so we'll see. If tight ends. I mean, Colbert. Prioritize them over every position. He has George Kittle and um, Skittles, the Skittle George maker. Kittle and Travis Kelsey. And Travis so Kelsey. that was an easy. Yeah, that was an easy first overall sure. because the NFL right now doesn't have tight ends where you're like, oh my god, every team has a great tight end. There's basically like there's, three there's like they really good three to five tight ends, yeah. and then there's that one tight end. You're like, I don't even know this guy existed, yeah. and he's dropping twenty points a week. Well, to that point, tight end play last year, I got absolutely fucking bodied week to week by you and fucking Zach, and I was like, all right, dude. Well, next year, I'm not. In fantasy, it's one of those really frustrating positions where, like, during the draft, you don't think about tight ends at all when you're no. drafting, but then during the year, like you said, you will lose to people because your tight ends suck. Well, when right? I drafted like, Hawkinson way too that. high, I did tight that. Tight ends are irrelevant the... in a lot of offenses in the league. I have yeah. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are. They're not irrelevant. And so I have Brandon ranked second on my A couple my years list. ago, I won games because I had Gronkowski and Ertz when they right. were both I remember two. that, yeah. And I would, they would put up like <laughs> 60 points a week for me, and I was just cleaning people up with my tight ends. Well, and so I have Brandon at second because he has Zach Ertz and Jack Doyle. I think Jack Doyle is going to have a, a breakout year because he's got Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers loves throwing to tight ends, as we've seen with his career with Antonio Gates. And Zach I mean, Ertz is good. And Zach Ertz is Good. he's the best receiver that Philly has. He's the, the dude's blanket, probably getting easily get if if he stays healthy, he's easily 
easily going to get targeted 10 times every game. And he's he's probably the most sure-handed tight end in the league. The dude, if if the ball's in his hands, he's probably going to catch 9 out of 10. And that, that one that he drops is more likely he got hit too hard or he just lost concentration because no one was around him. And like every NFL player that no one's around seems to drop the easiest pass. He's like, oh, a touchdown. And they I drop it. You know what's crazy about Philly, though, is arguably our second best wide receiver is Dallas Goddard, our backup tight end. He's also like he's on my team. He is phenomenal. Like if Ertz is not playing and like I've done, I mean, I've done this before. Ertz got hurt. He had like a concussion and sat out a week. I just picked up Dallas Goddard off waivers for that week and Dallas Goddard put up Ertz numbers. And I was yeah. like, yep, that's fine. Yeah, that's good I mean, for Wentz, man. If he can rely on two giant fucking guys, well, he has Goddard to. He blocks, has no one else too. to throw to. <laughs> Zero else. Prince Henry's getting no crushed in the backfield because he can't throw it to anybody. So, after Brandon at two, I have Stevens and myself tied. I couldn't – our tight ends were just too much the same that I feel like I couldn't. So, you have Darren Waller and Hunter Henry. That's No, no, that's Stevens. Stevens. I have Noah Fant and um, Mark Andrews for Baltimore. Well played with uh, Mark, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is really good. I've had so, him before. Well, and there, too, you're relying so that's on a where I'm, quarterback. That's where I'm sitting there going – you know, between those two, those four tight ends, I'm like, I don't know how to like separate that out. I'm not looking at projections. I just think they're so evenly matched. I mean, I think Noah Fant could have a breakout year with Drew Locke and a full year with Drew Locke. I think he could have a breakout year. Then again, it's the Broncos' offense. We're on sucks. our fifth offensive Trash coordinator down. in five years, so. It's it's going to be so hit or miss with every Broncos offensive player. Well, and anytime Derek Bowles is a starter for you, you got to wonder. But that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. If, if you have a bad offensive line, your check down routes, so your tight ends, You're and your running backs quick. are that's going true. to be yeah. your most go to. I just, every time when we're drafting or we're going through and I'm looking to pick people up off waivers, I see Broncos offensive players and I just look the other way. I'm like, I watch too many Broncos games to know that. Putting any faith in Broncos offensive players is just a bad move. Well, so like I want the Broncos to do well. I'm rooting for them, but the football part of me, like the smart football part of me, is like we're going to score it, less than twenty points. It literally it's all useless to pick. It all comes up. down to if Drew Locke learned Pat Shermer's offense and he feels comfortable in it. If he can be protected for more than three seconds. We're going to excel on the offensive side of the ball. We've got the weapons now to do it. At least we, like, we've got uh, the weapons to be exciting. I feel like I'm like, if anyone's listened to this podcast and listened to me talk about the Nuggets and the Broncos, they're like, that guy's like the fucking shittiest Denver fan ever. Because <laughs> we were doing our NBA episode, and I'm like, I have no faith in the Nuggets. They're going to lose. They're gonna get, it's going to be 4-1. Well, the series is over. The people they that fall do all understand the way back are and also Denver Broncos fans. Like The people that fucking know where you're coming from like Denver yeah, well, sports. It's like, Denver sports gets you so close, dude, and they're like, oh, yeah. it's going to be great. It's and like all of like, our teams will just be. Just kidding. Yeah, right on Just the cusp, kidding. and then you're like, "Oh, we're actually terrible." You're JK, like, oh, we're middling. Yeah. We have <laughs> eight and six. Here so, we go. Yeah, I don't know. So that well, was I mean, that was one through three. You had, are you? Well, had you I had and Stevens, Stevens and I could be three, four, okay. interchangeable anytime. So we're basically on five. So we're on five. Who I had is Dean. Dean and. Dean. I was going to put Dean as last just because of Evan Ingram because fuck that guy. He, all he needed was one reception <laughs> or like three more yards out of him. And I You're really going to, based off one game, just be like, fuck this one. <laughs> just ask Brandon. You could, you could you. ask Brandon. Well, he how, lost me one fantasy game, so this guy can forever You could file. ask Brandon how, how fuck you forever file. <laughs> Real quick, off topic, the Nuggets are down 24 to 9 already to the Clippers. Oh, good. That's fun. So quickly back on topic. Dean has Evan Ingram, who I think is a great tight end if he stays healthy and, and – 
New York. I don't even know who Hayden Hurst is. So he's the new. He, they got him from Baltimore, and he's the new number one. They say you know the every, everybody that follows it goes he could be the next like breakout tight end. And I'm like, well, huh. I mean, we could all be the next breakout tight end. It all depends on if you get the ball thrown to you. I've so, never even heard of that guy. I mean, I put Dean down there just because of that. I, I think Evan Ingram's great, but Hayden Hurst is kind of unproven in my opinion, so he's going to have to prove himself before I push Dean's rankings up. Look him up with the uh, Ravens. You'll probably recognize him. So then after Dean, though, I have Taya. And Taya, I'm skeptical because she has Gronk, one. I don't. I mean, he could be. It's like we're I mean, talking about. He could be old Gronk that just comes yeah. in and tears the league apart. Could be or fine form. he could be Gronk that everyone's like, dude, you retired should just Gronk, stay yeah. retired. Which is why, just a real quick sidebar, I don't know why he came back. It's, it really like upsets me when I see this kind of stuff happening because if he does come back and he looks like shit, that's everyone's last memory of him. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, remember that year that he yeah. came back with the Buccaneers and fucking sucked? Well, to that point, I think I think in a lot of cases when a player returns, they're a lot older than Gronk is. I mean, like he's still a pretty young guy. That's you know? true. And, and he has the luxury of returning to play for the greatest quarterback of all time who was his quarterback his entire career. Yeah. And now but they're in a position. But he has injuries going against him. The dude Certainly is a walking brace. I mean, he, he looks like me walking around with you braces. You bring up really good points. I just and think it, he's coming into a good situation. A but, super good situation yeah. with Brian, uh, Bruce yeah. Arians, who's a coach yeah. that enjoys the tight end position. He yeah. seems to be being like received by the team really well. Yeah. So it's like I just think for the me, possibilities like, are huge. But to your point, the bust aspect of it right. could it's be like, equally to as me. Big, it's like why risk it? If I'm Gronk, I'm rich. I've won three Super Bowls, and I'm considered. Arguably the best tight end like ever, or like one of them. Why am I coming back for what? What do you have left to prove? I don't the love of the game. That's the thing, though. I mean, it's, it's such a thing. Like, like, just go work out and drink and go to like house parties. For sure. You know, for like, sure. I don't like. What are, what are we doing? I think if there is a player in the league that we could point to and say, oh, he probably is coming back because he fucking loves to play football. It's probably great. yeah. I mean, like, he does seem like he has a fucking blast. I think there, if so. love of the game is an argument for fucking anyone, it's Gronk. Like, yeah. He's like he seems like. He just well, loves to do it. And I mean, it, so. if he comes back and he's like old Gronk and he's in fine form, dude, that's a football fan's like dream. Oh, like, we all He's one of the most fun tight ends to watch. And if he just blows up and balls out, who says that, you know, they don't just, the Bucks don't say, hey, let's get you here for four years. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, let's fucking, let's build around longer. this side of the yeah. offense. You know, whatever. That's huge. So then going back to Taya's second, staying in the NFC South, she has Jared Cook. Now, tight ends in New Orleans are kind of – it's kind of a weird position. Since Jimmy Graham left, their tight ends have like they've been relevant because they have breakout games, but then they can go silent for six or seven games, multiple games <laughs> yeah. in a row. I had Jared Cook last year, and he was tight end. Or I mean, touchdown dependent, pretty much. Right. It I was mean, like he, I feel like that's any tight end in New Orleans these days. He wasn't going to get a hundred yards. He's probably he wasn't twenty to thirty yards, bonuses, but right. he had like two tugs. Yeah. Like, Every, you know. Well, yeah. they, they do that. They have that great off or that great play action on the goal line that they can just roll yeah. out. And he's wide open. Forty-three catches, seven hundred and five yards, and nine touchdowns last year. Well, it's right. so, point, so not a high volume, but when he gets it, he's getting big chunks. Yeah. But it's forty-three catches over. I'm assuming a full sixteen-game season's not a lot of volume. Not a lot. So I mean, it's it's hit or miss with him in in New Orleans and so that's why I have Taya ranked down there. And we got to look at the weapons there too. I mean fucking Michael Thomas to your point earlier is the best receiver in the that NFL. That guy's going to get all If you throws. can, like, I mean you know, he Manny comes now. he yeah. comes away with all of them. So it's it's yeah. not like 
Oh, uh, maybe Michael Thomas doesn't pull this one down. Let's hit Cook. It's like, yeah, fuck, no, I'm just gonna probably going to give it to Michael Thomas. Like. So then, Zach, I have you coming in at seven. And it's it's definitely a fair spot because you have TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard. You have a backup tight end uh, who, like Brandon said, though, is Philly's second best receiver, which is sad that their two tight ends are their best receivers. You might as well just line them both out wide and – let them have massive misses. They might give him some, uh, give him a couple games to get some receivers. TJ Hawkinson's just—I mean, he was hurt his rookie year last year, and Matthew Stafford's never really thrown to a tight end. I mean, he's not a tight end heavy, you know, passer. Eric Ebron would do all right with him. Well, yeah, I said this. Right. I had Hawkinson last year, and before he hurt, got hurt the first time, because even after his return, it wasn't great. Like you were getting not a lot out of him, but before he got injured, he had a few strings there. We were like. Holy shit! Maybe this is a receiver that Stafford can count on. But then, to your point, immediately Stafford was like, "And but I forgot." How even to throw at to even tight at end, Iowa, so Hawkinson was a blocking tight end, and Noah Fant was a receiving tight end. So, right. drafting Hawkinson in terms of the NFL, you're more or less drafting him to be that sixth lineman. I mean, he does have upside that he can catch the ball, but he's another touchdown. Noah Fant was guy. was targeted more in terms of being a receiver at the tight end position at Iowa. So that's why I have you down there. I mean. If Zach Ertz gets hurt, which, knock on wood, he doesn't because I love that guy. But if he gets hurt, Dallas Goddard could skyrocket to easily be a top five tight end in the league this year. Well, the five good tight ends were gone. But <laughs> also, that's five, my defense. All five, five good were tight ends were gone. All five I mean, of them that's, were gone. That's so. why I said tight end could literally be like. Who is Mark Andrews? I do. Oh, I love that guy. That's why I put myself at like 3-4. Yeah. Just because of Mark Andrews. He's kind of like that fifth tight end in the league that. Well, dude, you look at the you look at the quarterback again. You have fucking Lamar Jackson there. Yeah, it's a guy. I like that. I like that. Mark Andrews is good. It's last my QB one. QB one. He's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see this year. That's for sure. And then who's last? Rounding our tight ends, I have a Darian at last because I don't even know who he has. Um, I'll tell you, he has Eric Ebron and Irv Smith Jr. Right. So Eric time. Ebron in Pittsburgh, I think that might be a good fit. I mean, Ben always finds tight ends. I will and, say and he's going to be their number the one. The good news for all of us is that Darian's team is looking very like beatable this year. Thank Rather God. Rather than last year where he Bro. just pretty much ran through our league. I looked and he finished 10-3 in the regular season last year and then won the whole thing in the playoffs. Like so his, on, on his bench he has Devontae Parker, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones Jr., Deontay Johnson, and Preston Williams. Those are all wide receivers on his bench. He also has DeAndre Swift – uh, Matt Breda and Daryl Henderson Jr., who are all running backs on his bench. He has no backup tight ends, no backup quarterbacks, because he let the shit auto draft for him. <laughs> well, like I said, it's good for us. So, I, so I, I mean, I think he's he, truly down. His, at it. his road to the championships a lot tougher this year than it was last year. Right. Good, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> we're all in agreement. Yeah, but watches his team is the one that like stays healthiest, and he just rallies and just destroys us again. That's what it'll be. Which is funny because his team right now has five questionables. My team will like probably be pretty <laughs> solid in the regular it's season. Brandon's team, week and two. I'll get swept first round like I do every year. I finish like top three, and then I just get destroyed. Right Literally, now. our league comes down to week one of the playoffs. If you win, yep. you, you can be like, this season was a success. Yep. If you lose, you're like, fuck, I got to really try hard to fill the lineup and yeah. not lose. You're scrambling there. I got so mad last year because I was like Rust super av- I was like seven and nine, or I don't even know what whatever the record was. and I was like below 500 in the regular season. Coming to the playoffs... Brandon seems like significantly better than mine on paper, like significantly. 
and his team scores like 270 points, and I scored like 279 points. Yeah, 275 <laughs> or something like points. that. Points? Somehow make it past Brandon, and then I get all the way to the championship against the Darian, who normally scores like 300 points. He scores like 150, so a really beatable week. And then my team's like, hey, I'm just going to score 130 and lose in the championship. So I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know what to do here. You I would have won. Means if I had gotten past you week one, I would have won. My yeah, scores would have beaten everyone yeah, else. You would have won. I played AD week one and got slaughtered so, by about 300. So <laughs> these these were the final like team for last year's Rogue One fantasy football. These are the placements and the records for their teams. Adarian won at 10-3. and three. Yeah. And his three losses were because our teams all fucking went off. Yeah. So he was the best team in the so regular he was season the best and team. in the playoffs. Zach, you came in second yep. at six and seven. Yeah. Playoffs, dude. Playoffs. playoffs. And I then when it counts. Dean came in third at four and nine. Yeah, his team was not great in the regular season. Stevens came in fourth at seven and six. Taya fifth at seven and six. Brandon at six at eight and five. I came in seventh at seven and six. And then Zach Colbert came in eighth at three and ten. Oof. So the the true last place and the true first place like one. We're, we're definitely yeah that was real. But <laughs> where did I finish? You finished. Brandon was six. eight and five in the regular season and we finished like six. so last year. That was <laughs> like, yep, I, I was the first seed out of our side of the bracket yep. or like our division at seven and six. Yeah, and Brandon was the second, so he drew a hard matchup. Because Darian went ten and three, and yeah. Brandon at eight and five, despite having the second best record, was technically the third seed in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I hated that. So I he had so to mad. play six, which I wonder if I could find this. And then Zach goes off for two hundred seventy-five points against me. Dude, my team does great. Two seventy would be everyone else, just not Zach that week. It was literally Zach and Darian. I would have been in trouble. With, I don't know what Darian scored. Probably three hundred against Zach. It's an infuriating game. <laughs> it's an infuriating game that we love here. How are you guys feeling about your teams this year? Not bad. Actually, like, I usually crap on my team as soon as I draft him every year. You and crap this on year, him before the draft. You're not wrong. <laughs> he could be the first during, overall pick. Pick before, Saquon Barkley and then I hate my team. After. I'm like, dude, you just picked your favorite player. Well, I'm not going to tell you guys who I like in the NFL anymore because, like, I never get to draft that person now. <laughs> like, it, it's, like, become a goal of everyone to make sure they draft my players. Yes. Get his guys. Get his guys. Come Quick, on. everybody, get his guys. So this, I'll, I'll just Jones. do a quick rundown. But speaking on your question, Zach, I I love my team this year. My quarterbacks are going to be my iffy, my iffy part, which could suck because I could easily lose thirty to forty points a game from them. But I think my wide receivers are stacked. My running backs aren't bad. My tight ends are okay, and I think everything else will be. It'll be all right. So last year's first round of the playoffs, Colbert lost two eighty six to one eighty two, hundred four hundred points. Stevens beat Taya two seventy one to one ninety two. Zach and Brandon, your game was two eighty six to two eighty one. So it was 286 a 286 to 281. Five point game in the first round. And my I'm pretty sure that's like a hundred points more than my team had scored like all. And guess how many points guess how many points my team put up in week one of the playoffs against Dean? How much? I put up 153 points. <laughs> and I lost 232 to 153. Wow. So then in the second week, a Darian's team popped off for 304 points. 300. Against Stevens 266. A normal league year, 266 wins you every game, yeah. every time. Steven, or Darian popped off for 304, guaranteeing himself in the finals. 
you beat Dean 243-208, to 208, so it was a lot closer, more respectable game. And then in the championship game, Adarian put up 243 to your 166. While in the loser's bracket, I lost to Brandon 256 to 244, which means I was playing for the Sacco. Colbert lost 231 to 186 to Taya. And then the Sacco game came down to Colbert and I. I won 240 to 164. Brandon lost to Taya in the, what was that, fifth and sixth place game, 236 to 222. And Dean beat Stevens 267 to 223 to end up third. I was so, so lucky if my team showed me 200 in a game. I would literally drop the <laughs> I'm pretty Zach sure you scored under 100 points points twice last year. Zach had a oh, game he scored 69 or something like that. Remember that? And, and, oh, and yeah, he had a dude. full lineup that was all healthy. It wasn't yeah. like starting players. I'm not a fucking asshole starting fourth right, fourth stringers out here. Like I've never laughed harder in my life than I looked at that. I don't know if a single sixty nine. It was like fourteen so. players. He was like done, and he had like sixty points, and I was like, yikes. Yikes. What so I guess we should all, probably to explain to anyone out there like these they're probably listening to these scores going Jesus Christ like what is happening yeah we do our league is like way different we scored different than you (laughs) it's a true PPR league like you lost with we have bonuses so it's a PPR with bonuses a 50 plus yard bonus in receiving or or, so receiving you know throwing it as a quarterback or running it is a 5 point bonus 40 plus is a four point bonus, but you if it's a 51 yard, you get that nine point total bonus. Then, if any player goes above 100 yards, it's a thing of five point, and anybody goes over 200, it's a 10 point. And we have big lineups, and we, we have, have these really I think it's what 19 lineups. starters. Like, we wanted to be like, we wanted this. Thin. I mean, this is what we wanted when we put the league right. together. We yeah. wanted we wanted high everyone scoring. to have all the poet players and high, high points because, like. I can see the difference between the way we run our league and the way my work league works every year because I'm always in two leagues. Oh, sure. And my work league, if you score like 120, that's like a shit ton of points. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And like in our league, it's like 120 is not going to get it done any week. Well, a regular, (laughs) I mean, a full point PPR league with no bonuses. You're lucky. I mean, if you crack crack 160, people are like, what the fuck happened? We have people dropping like a Darian goes over 300. If if you don't drop 200 in our league, we're like, dude, you had a shitty ass week. Exactly. And yeah. if you drop 60, don't come to school. <laughs> don't come to school. <laughs> but putting fantasy aside, I want to get your guys' opinions on what the true NFL season is going to look like. Because if I put all my bias aside, I think the Super Bowl is probably going to end up being the Saints and the Chiefs. Mm, I'd be so fucking happy if this I, was a I can't even. Saints, I, I refuse to like look at teams. like It's just too far I Brandon refuses to make predictions. It's because it's ridiculous. Well, it is. It no is one's wild. touched the field yet. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous, but that's why we I'm didn't saying, even see a preseason game. Make just make a ridiculous prediction then. Be like the Eagles are going to go. We'll and call this no, the Eagles will go ten and six, like they do every single year, and, and then get first. Round. They'll get wild card and fist just sauced in the first round. Here we go. Let's start. Start smaller. AFC West, who's going to be the, is the best team? Oh, uh, AFC West is as much Chiefs. as it hurts. We to don't say have Nick Foles to save fan, us. The Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. I do think the Broncos could be a wild card team to jump in and come in second in the AFC West and, and sneak a wild card spot. I, I think believe the that. Raiders and the Chargers are going to do. I don't think they're going to do as good as people think they will. But 
This is this is the Raiders' first year in uh, in Vegas, Vegas. right? Yeah. I hope it's a shitter. I hope they shit the bed so hard. Absolutely, the Raiders. Have you seen that Death Star ass? It's so sick. It's sick. I hope they lose in there, man. It'll be a fun place to go watch games. Oh yeah. It's going to be great to go in there and watch the Broncos slaughter. I have Broncos coming in second to the Chiefs. I'm with you there. And if if you don't pick the Chiefs, as much as I love my Broncos, if you don't pick the Chiefs, you you crazy. Don't know much about sports. It, dude, it'd be hard to not just assume they're going to make it back. I would I would take the Broncos over the Chiefs if Mahomes is out for the whole season tomorrow. If there everyone if, on the Broncos stepped it up tremendously, they might have a chance. Or everyone. Mahomes is out. At all, Matt's like, at all 22 positions. I'm taking the Broncos over the Chiefs if they switched rosters today. <laughs> <laughs> if they and just then like, at the end of the season. If, if the Chiefs were the Chiefs, show up, Broncos over Chiefs, am I right? <laughs> You know what? If we were the Chiefs, I think we'd win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like, yeah. yeah. So then in the AFC South, I have the Titans. I think the Titans are going to edge the Colts out. And I don't think Houston's going to be up there. I think you're right with Houston. Hmm. I, I, think, like- I think Houston will be third. Jacksonville's going to be the worst team in the league. And the worst team in the league? Yeah, I, but I have the Titans edging out Indianapolis for the top spot. Titans are... In the, the, the AFC South. Titans are bad motherfuckers. The AFC East, I have the Bills because yeah, I, I, mean, I think that team's going to be great. You don't have to play against Tom the Dolphins Brady. or the Jets ever. And the, and Patriots, the Patriots are a wild card again. They're a wild card this year because without Brady, who knows what the fuck is so, so I got the Bills. And then the AFC North, I have to go with the Ravens. I mean, one, you get to play yeah, Cleveland and Cincinnati each twice. That should be four wins easy. Their toughest opponent is going to be Pittsburgh. And if Big Ben doesn't stay healthy, that's another two easy wins. I just feel like the last few years, you want to look at this? Slim I feel Benjamin. like the last few years, like Pittsburgh is just really, I don't know, middle of the road. It just they're really like they're unentertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah, they, they lost Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, and everyone's like, nah. They used to Pittsburgh. be so exciting. They Yeah, their so offense exciting. used to be insane to watch. Martavis Bryant, and then they had one other receiver, oh, the too. Martian. Also gross. Who was that other receiver? Uh, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. No, not Antonio Brown. Brown. Martavis Bryant. Antonio Martavis Bryant. Brown. Antonio Brown. They had, um, well, one, they had Emmanuel Sanders. Juju? They had Mike was Wallace. Was Juju there when Martavis was there? I don't no. think so. I don't think that was Juju. Um, they had Mike Wallace. They had um, Antonio Martavis Brown. Martavis was like a third Martavis option. Was so he wasn't even their second option. There was I think it was else. Mike Wallace. I think it was. Maybe. I don't know. Martavis Bryant, dude. What a freak. But moving over to the – do you want to do you want to run through the AFC and like do a playoff picture too? Or do you want to just choose division winners first? I'm just going through division winners because like, I'm looking at the divisions right now. And so, I, Honestly, and, like your AFC picks, I can't really argue with. NFC but. North, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I don't think there's another team in the NFC. I mean, I think the Packers could sneak in, but I just think they have to have way too much luck on their side. Lions aren't going to do it, and I don't think the Bears have a quarterback in Trubisky that's going to lead them. And putting Nick Foles in, it depends when they put him in. You know, if they wait too late, they could already be too many games back from the Vikings to have a chance. Is Nick Foles like coming off any injuries or anything? Yeah, he broke his collarbone week one last year. Oh, that's what it was on that okay. that hit. He died on the field, and everyone's like, "Well, there's thirty million dollars laying yeah. on the field," and we're all like, "Yeah." But well, because I because when we were just talking about it a second ago, I'm like. Why would you not just automatically like it's Nick Foles' job? Like Trubisky's not as good. Right. Then I was no, like, he's oh, coming, he's off, coming an off an injury. injury. I forgot about that. So I have the Vikings winning NFC North. I think it's. I think if the Bears start zero and two, it's Foles' job week three. I don't think there's any way. They I don't think they should let there. Trubisky walk in the stadium. <laughs> 
right when he shows up for game day. Like, like I don't live in Chicago, but if I did, I would be at the gates. Like, well, I'm a, you know, being an Eagles fan, and I know I, everyone's holding it down in Philly. Like, if stuff goes bad in Philly, I know the fans there. They're not letting Carson Wentz through the gates. It's, That's what Chicago yeah. needs to do. Chicago's Trubisky's so, not good. Get back in the truck, Mitch. Like, what? So with, with that get being back said, in your fucking truck. <laughs> the NFC East is going to be between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think I give the edge to the Cowboys. I don't think the Giants. What are the odds are the Cowboys go eight and eight like they always do? 100%. I think I think the Cowboys go ten and six, but they win the tiebreaker over the Eagles. <laughs> no. Well, Mister Claps a lot. Jason Garrett is no longer the coach. So oh, maybe, thank God. Maybe the whole. I'm more concerned about the Giants than I am the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is, is there a bigger just limp? I would be worried about Washington than football. fucking Jason Garrett. And now he's in fucking That's who we open up our season against the Washington yeah, football team. If you lose to the Washington football team, you can just scrap the Eagles. Yeah, down by forty. Jason. Well, dude, the Eagles. This is what they'll do. They do this every year. The games that they should win, they'll lose, and then the games that like they absolutely should not win, they somehow miraculously pull out. Because I think, and they then play... they go into the playoffs, and everyone's like, I, uh, "We don't know how to talk <laughs> like, about." We Philly. don't know what to talk. Because <laughs> I think I'm... they play the AFC East, so they should get the Dolphins, the the Jets, the Patriots, and the Bills. I think is the the NFC East is plays the AFC East. So then for the South, I think it's NFC an easy South. pick with is the Saints. I think it'll be Saints, Buccaneers, Falcons, Panthers. And then the NFC West, I think, is going to be Seahawks. See, everyone likes the Niners, but I honestly think the Seahawks are a better team. So I'm going to give the Seahawks the edge over the Niners. And then I'd go LA, Arizona. But I could see Arizona being like a a team that might sneak in an 8 8 season if Kyler Murray takes big strides with DeAndre Hopkins. I really hope. Kyler Murray like blows up this year. Has a good, I think Kyler Murray could be the watch. next. They got Lamar the right Jackson. guy there to fucking. For, if you're yeah. gonna have a blowout season, they brought the right receiver. They just signed him, right? Like just two, two year extension. Yeah. It was like fifty million. Or I think something he's the like highest that. paid player per year. Dude, this DeAndre Hopkins next two seasons. Oh, God. Hopefully he can stay healthy because he's, he's on my hurt. team. Is here, so I'm really hoping for big things. <laughs> big old hands. That's who my division winners are, and I think that's pretty. I, I don't want to argue. I don't want to say it's foolproof because. You know, an in, one injury to a team could easily derail the season. Absolutely. But there's, there's always teams that will surprise you too. Like yeah. last year, if you asked me who was in the playoffs, I wouldn't have picked the Titans. I didn't think they were going to make right. it. I wouldn't have thought they would have been in the AFC Championship game. And they had a, they had a chance to win the AFC Championship. They were winning into the fourth quarter, and then they gave the ball to Patrick Mahomes, and their offense was like, "We're just going to keep giving him the ball because he's not very good." And we saw how that ended up. And we all know Just like in the Super Bowl when San Francisco goes, hey, we have the lead. Let's just not do anything on offense and give Patrick Mahomes the ball a bunch of times in a row. He's not going to do anything. Hey, let's stop doing the thing that and now they don't here, and maybe we'll win. <laughs> Dude, I'm just happy Andy Reid got one because I like that guy. I wish he was yeah, still with the Andy Eagles. He's a walrus. Dude, Tough he was a good coach, love, man. man. I feel and like we got... in the NFL pretty unanimous. Pretty unanimously, he's like, yeah, all right. Fucking he's great. I mean, Andy. what's not, like, you what's know what not I mean? to like about him? Even <laughs> the shittiest hardo fan is like, I mean, good for Andy Reid. For sure. Well, and I mean, your only like big knock against him up to last year would have been always never won, but now he's won. So there you go. Yeah. Or his clock management. I mean, but as we talked about on our NBA GOATs, does not winning, like, how much does not winning matter? I think it matters quite a bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put Andy Reid in my goat for a coach, but, I mean, the guy's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. 100%. Yeah. Even, even without even the if ring, he, didn't he would have yeah, would be would been a Hall of Famer, coach. without a doubt. Yeah. It's nice to see him get it, though. Like, a guy that's yeah. done this for this long, you're like, fucking good for you, Andy. I mean, just having one 
vaults you ahead of a bunch of well i mean guys, i mean think know? about it what we're on super bowl this year is going to be what 55 I so. Yeah. so i mean yeah there was championships before but not like super bowl and obviously besides the stanley cup the super bowl is the most sought after trophy and, and sought after game and it's the most watched game around the world mm-hmm. you know i mean who wouldn't want to win that on the biggest stage? I think I might have an unpopular opinion when it comes to coaching, but I think the coaching is the stupidest thing in the world. Because, yeah, like, why are we going to talk about – and, yeah, and if you're good enough in the weight room, you don't need me. You don't. And, like, a football coaching staff has position coaches for everything. The water boy's got a coach. <laughs> And I'm like, why does just the head coach get glorified when the running back's coach, the quarterback's coach, the tight end's coach, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the cheerleading palm squad is still all there. But it's like, no, look at the head coach. Look what he did. He's so good. And I'm like, and as an athlete, like, I didn't get any better from my coach. I got better because, like, our coach is I wanted it. It comes down to one. He's staring the ship. Okay, pretending all the schemes. I feel like at that there's level an too. Import, there's an important. I mean, part a guy like coach. Bill Belichick is more influential to the New England success than any of their. Well, and, and that's one of my biggest things with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is people are like, oh, it's the greatest duo ever. I'm like, right, but I want to see what Tom Brady does without Belichick that's and what Belichick does exactly without Tom Brady. Right. This year's gonna be so, so fascinating. This year's gonna be very yeah. interesting in Tom Brady's career because I could be like, well, he's not the goat then if he just played in the best system for him although, for 16 although, years. Even if he has a shitty year this year in Tampa Bay, still go. You can't make that. You can't make that statement because he's like five thousand years old. So it's like okay, well, yeah. He played for. He's already played for twenty-one years. You know what I mean? Like if he looks shitty this year, it's just because Father Time is finally catching up. You know? Oh, forgive me. <laughs> sorry, I missed this guy. Oh, sorry. But some players. I mean, some <laughs> I'm players. Fucking old. Yeah. Some players are the coach. In the you, Brady, know, you look at like someone like Peyton Manning, yeah. the man, or LeBron James. Do you really yeah. think that any of those coaches are actually coaching LeBron James? The only coach that was Tyron beneficial Lou. to him Fucking was Eric Spolstra. I got it. Eric Spolstra with the Heat was the only coach that I think was beneficial to LeBron. He's proven it this year. He's David Blatt and Tyron Lue were just there to get paid holders. and let LeBron. I mean, I think I was watching a game with him when we lived together. And Tyron Lue called a timeout and literally just didn't say anything. Like, LeBron literally ran the huddle, and I'm sitting there going, I mean, what's the point? Like, pay LeBron the head coach's salary. But, I mean, under league rules, you have to have that head coach. But Eric Spolcher was the only head coach that was beneficial to LeBron besides maybe his high school though. coach. It's not exactly the same thing. Well, and so football, then, I'll say that a head coach is beneficial if you're in the right system. I feel like for the management of the game, because like as a player, you lose track of like the small things. Like you don't necessarily know every single situation that's currently happening because you're so involved in doing your job. And like the coach has got to be the one on the sidelines seeing things from a different angle. It's like, oh shit! Well, if like the time gets down to this, we can no longer run this play. We have to audible this player, or now we got to call a timeout. We got to get the field goal unit in. And like that's where I think coaches are extremely valuable. But like, is there professional game. athletes? They motivate themselves. They're all intrinsically there because they want to win. They don't need how, a coach to pep talk. I love them. how Brandon just comes in with the hottest take in the history of sports. Like coaches don't matter. Coaches suck. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, shut up, coach. But, but I think, got it. Think about this, and, and this is a good counter argument to that. Nick Foles was phenomenal in in Philly with Doug Peterson because Doug Peterson had the right system for Nick Foles. Nick Foles went down to Jacksonville. I know he got hurt right away, but we also saw him. Where else did he go? He was in Kansas City as a backup. I mean. Where he played that wasn't Philly, 
nothing fit his system. Now he's back in Chicago, where I believe what their head coach is Matt Nagy, and he is a Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, you know, part of that coaching tree. So Nick Foles could thrive in Chicago. Let's just see if he gets his chance because he's finally in a system again that's going to fit his style of play. Dude, Case I have a Keenum real feeling. Case Keenum in Minnesota. Minnesota Miracle, you know, doing all this great shit, comes to Denver. We're like, what the fuck did we just pay for this guy? Oh. We didn't put him in a system that was there for him to succeed, and it was well, we evident that in when his he got play. signed too. You, that's you know these quarterbacks though. There are some of those guys to your point that don't probably need coaches. Like there are those fucking guys that are built for this shit. Put it all on me. I got it. I don't need you to motivate me or whatever. But there are probably more players that do need a little bit. Like hey, fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like let's let's get There's it going like, a little bit. There's well, probably not, not I that say many, more, though, but there but are a lot of players I'm sure that benefit more from having a coach than yeah, would not. Absolutely. But to that point, with Foles, I think he's one of those guys for sure that a as a like a players coach kind of thing. He brings. That maybe that air of like you can trust me a little bit more for sure than Trubisky, but like I feel like once he gets in there as like a player's coach, players are like, oh, fucking this guy's been to the show, like he knows we'll rally on this one a little bit more than you would say like the fucking quarterbacks coach or something like I that. For it, sure, a coach has two really important roles, and like the first one is you have to like connect with your players. And if you can't, don't connect with your players, you're going to lose your team. Absolutely. And, like, that's what's great about Doug Peterson. I've watched, like, a documentary on him the year they won the Super Bowl and, like, the changes he made from the first year to the second year when they won it. And he just, like, <sighs> connects with Philly. They were all, like, clicking. You know, mm-hmm. they'd throw on some dreams and nightmares and just get crazy, and they went out and won it. And, like, Doug Peterson was awesome for it. But, like, I think that, like, those position coaches that don't get any credit for anything half the time are, like, some of the biggest coaches because they're the ones teaching you those super small details you don't think about. Right. Like, the offensive linemen that are, like, learning, like, blocking techniques they didn't know. Yeah. Or D-linemen learning different moves, like, like, how to swim and get through blocks and stuff like that that they might not have gotten in college, especially if you went to a smaller university or, like, a, you know, like a D2 school with, like, Austin Eckler or something like that. No offense to Coach Dubs over there, but I don't think that his coaching style is probably the same as the Chargers' coaching style. No. Oh, well, there's a reason no, that no. one of them coaches the Chargers and I the mean, other doesn't. Right. I mean, and, and going on your point of saying coaches are more or less there to be, you know, a game manager, I mean, they truly are. Their their goal is to literally plan out the game and, and plan out best-case, worst-case scenarios, what to do in each situation. The players got to make the plays. They know what they have to do. They're at the playing at the highest level. Of course, they don't necessarily need to be coached, but like most professional teams have their first ten to fifteen plays. Literally, like we're running these fifteen plays. It's a script. It's like a movie. You got to follow it. And if it doesn't work out, like the Broncos, you just go five three and outs because they decided to script fifteen plays. So everyone has a plan until you get hit in the face, though. That's like my favorite saying ever. You can have 10 to 15 plays out there, and then when the special teams unit shits their pants and they return that kickoff for a touchdown, you're down 7-0 already, scrap the launch. And now it's like, adjust. Well, to that point, though, those coaches that are those leaders, those like you're saying, like the, the ones that rally a team can get fucked up in the first drive and be like, all right, well, we're just going to throw this bullshit out. Clearly it's not working. You know what I'm saying? And Doug Peterson could say, you know what, actually, we're just going to go ahead and you know what draw something up on the fly and his coaches respect him enough that they're like yeah like we're just gonna fucking run that listen but to you your players see too. some of those coaches that's exactly right that they're like 
you see clearly on the sideline or something, players are giving them information about like, you know, like, can you open your fucking eyes and realize that this is not working or whatever? And they're when they think no, about things, no, no, I'm a coach. This is what we're gonna do. Like, well, Nick, Nick Foles called Philly Philly, and that. Doug Peterson was like. Yeah. yeah, and on that yeah. timeout, he goes, let's, let's run it. And Those are the I best mean, coaches, to your point. Those are the best coaches. I mean, I don't think, you know, like a coach is always going to call a play, but your quarterback is the one that – I mean, you can tell the veteran quarterbacks that don't need to have any help, like the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, Eli Manning, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. You see them get up, line up, see the defense, and they audible right away. And they got seven audibles they can go to, and all of a sudden it's a completely different play, and it works. I mean, yeah right. – those kind of players are are truly like you know a coach on the field and i don't think a coach should be the one that sits there and goes you have to do this like if you don't do this you're you know, in trouble we're, we're fucked yeah i mean you can easily just have a coach that's there and be like yeah i need to call a timeout because my players are tired it's as simple as that and that one timeout can literally be you know a godsend or you throw the challenge flag and you cost your team the game you know, well, then you have the head coaches that are like those rally guys that everyone respects and stuff, and they're terrible at clock management. Andy Reid, like it seems like everyone in the league would want to play for Andy Reid. It's no fucking idea when to call a timeout and it costs them games. So you got to like, you like, you look at coaches and you're like, for sure, maybe game management is the most important, but maybe there should just be one guy that just fucking that just does that. If you are that. If you are that rally guy and you're drawing plays and you're in charge of the defense and the offense and you're sprinting all around, maybe you shouldn't be the timeout guy. I mean, I think coaches nowadays are hired more for schemes than anything else. True. They're like, oh, we want to – like They love a scheme, man. They, that's so Like true. Lamar, that's Lamar so Jackson true. does not fit what the Baltimore Ravens want to do on offense. So what did the Baltimore Ravens do? They fixed – everything to go with how he plays football. And guess what? It's working. Guess what the Broncos did? They tried to coach to what they wanted to have happen. And guess what? It didn't work. Two prime examples. Coach the players you have, not what you want to do. Work with your players, not against your players. Just, I mean, it's a simple coaching concept. I really got us off topic here. We just went spiraling into coaching. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it's all we're still keeping it on football at least. We're in the wheel. We're in the orbit. It's still the hottest <laughs> take I've ever heard in my entire life. The hot takes. Well, the funniest part about it is I was a coach. I coach people, and like, so then can this we, is what I do. And so we can't necessary. blame you then for your fantasy troubles as the coach slash owner of your team is what you're trying to say. How do you feel about general managers? <laughs> <laughs> Some are good with their Whoever's got the most money and can buy the team, run it. Some are Elway. Some are not. Well, and some are. Any additional thoughts? I think Saints beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl 35-24. Do you guys have a favorite player in the league right now? Drew Brees is probably my favorite player. I could tell from the way you looked at me when I drafted him. Jonesy. I'd have to think about that one for a while. I'll, I'll table that for a later discussion. I'd have to research. I've also really grown to like Derrick Henry. The dude's, dude's a beast. The DeAndre dude's Hopkins. a beast, and he's yeah. super quiet. There's no one I care to watch more than DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I guess off the top of my head, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson are like two of my favorite guys. They are. I'm, I'm always going to love – like I, you and I sat and watched those Clemson-Alabama – national championship games and what Deshaun Watson did in college like will forever just cement him into this 
well, so that's, place for me that like I'm just gonna hold him with this high esteem for the rest of the time I watch yeah. him. Well, and that's like a prime like example of like an East Coast offense versus a West Coast offense. You have Clemson, who despite being on the East Coast, was playing in a West Coast spread offense. And then you have Bama, who's like, we're literally going to take our 325-pound, 0% body fat running back and shove the ball down your throat. And then Clemson goes, well, we have a white slot wide receiver by the name of Hunter Renfro. Dude, and he's going to be wide Renfro. open in the end zone, and he's going to score the game-winning Shout touchdown with two to seconds Hunter left. Renfro. Dude, when he scored that touchdown, me and were like screaming in the basement. I was like, oh. Sean Watson, Hunter Renfro, and it's just, it's great. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say Malcolm Jenkins. (laughs) Malcolm Jenkins is your favorite player? Yeah, I like him. Well, and if I choose offense, it's Saquon. But I I gravitate towards defense. Oh, yeah, you're a big Saquon. I think there's some really good defensive players that are fun to watch, but they can be easily overshadowed because you can avoid them. Well, Well, yeah, but, I mean, there's certain players that you can't avoid, like, my favorite players were people that were all over the field. Like, I saw this funny-ass picture the other day. Dawkins, my favorite player of all time. But and he was like that. But I, this one was about Troy Paul Malu. And the flying Hawaiian dude, he was like that. And it was like 73% of the um, world is covered by water. The other 27% yeah, the other was covered by Troy Paul Malu. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny, dude. I miss having him in the league, man. He was great. Dude, that dude, when he would jump the snap and he'd jump over the center, I'd be like, dude, I don't so so, but then when he missed time, you're sitting there. Did you look like an asshole? That's the best though. Those are almost the better clips to see on with the ones that he failed when you just send it 11 yards over a lineman and smash a punter or something. You're like Jesus, Troy. And no one's moved. <laughs> Dude, punter's listen. dead. The ball hasn't even moved. Have you guys ever listened to Pat McAfee talk about yeah. Troy Polamalu ruining his like touchdown uh-huh. opportunity? Because they were like the, he had. He was talking about how like they had like a situation where like if. They were against Pittsburgh. They knew they had like a guaranteed touchdown, like in a certain situation, a and like that happened. And they came out and they're like, "All right, we're gonna run this fake, and it's a guaranteed touchdown." And then he starts talking about how Paul Malu started lining up in a position he has never been in ever in any film ever lined up, and he decides to line up in this. And Pat McAfee's like, "I hate you. I hate everything <laughs> that you are." It was so funny. But he did, like the certain players just have those instincts, you know. Like they can just see things before they're like, even happening. That's what makes them special. Troy Palmolive was like that. I like Ed Reed a lot. Player to watch was Ed Reed. The same kind of John reason. Lynch, fucking out of frame yeah. and out of nowhere, you see Brian Urlacher send it forty yards. Incredible. No good defensive play is so much fun to watch. But you know, I would I, going. You know, we talked about this with the NBA MVPs, and I think that it's stupid because a lot of times the real MVP doesn't get it. I would love to see a non-quarterback win it. I was never rooting harder for anyone to win it than when J.J. Watt was yes, in consideration. Yeah. He Because I was like, I want to see a defensive player win it. It's only happened twice Wasn't in the Wasn't that the year he had like three touchdowns and like Dude, 22 he did basically sacks everything or something? He, he did everything like, you need to be a fucking MVP. In he this. had like interceptions, fumble recoveries, bunch of sacks. He kind of like, oh, we're going to give it to Matt end. Ryan. And everyone's like... Huh? They didn't make the playoffs. Matty Ice? Like, yeah, but he had 5,000 yards passing. And we're like, great. Yeah, but his nickname is cool. Fuck you, Matty Guys. What year was I gotta look that up? I bet JJ Watt that year or two was like, I'm gonna kill Matt Ryan next year. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, but I love like I love the players that don't get any recognition. Like some of my favorite players are offensive linemen, defensive linemen, those guys that D linemen are my favorite. I mean just banging every single time and like they may not get the recognition, you know. Well they make plays happen though. Being an ex offensive lineman, despite being undersized, we literally if without us there is no play. 
You know, if you and, and just like without D linemen, linebackers and safeties don't make as many plays. Nothing. That's right. You know, so linemen are just the forgotten players of the game for a lot of people. But I'm like, without them, there is no play. Mm. I mean, it would be like watching seven war, on seven, bro. which would My be fucking favorite. Kind of fun to watch seven on seven at the pro style, but like. Watching seven on seven and pros would be taking the legs away from quarterbacks. Dude, I'd love to play seven on seven if I had the opportunity. If they ever open up like a seven on seven league, I'm joining it. I'd watch so much seven v seven on TV. We could go play flag football. It's all I, seven on I seven. Would do it. Meet me at Falcon Park. <laughs> I gotta get my knee pads. <laughs> dude i'm feeling athletic these days i was in there doing battle ropes and box jumps the other day and i was like i'm ready to go suit, put, put me in some pads coach suit me up guy well less than a year ago well, i guess two years ago now i because it's been that long i tried to play football again in the ncaa they wouldn't let me they shut that down real quick because i was in my 13th semester and they're like listen here 12. you've been here for 44 years no no is the answer sir I just I'm trying to, to find football. this JJ Watt shit, dude. JJ Watt, man. But I love defensive players like that. Of you know? course, they put him on there, dude. It's I love watching um, John Jones's brother Chandler. I dude, like watching him play. Freak. I want to watch them fight. I know it'd be unfair for John Jones because he's obviously the fighter, but Chandler Jones is a fucking freak of nature. Well, dude, every they've been like several of those interviews where like he'll talk and say like Chandler Jones is like I'll beat the shit out of my brother. Like he's like he's a fucking fighter on TV, but he's like don't don't forget. I, I would want, love to see that happen. <laughs> I want to see John go dark though and like come back like ready to fight heavyweight at like 245 that no one's seen him like that before. Dude, and he's just gonna be just massive. Goes black for like 9 months. He's like bigger than Steve. Comes out outweighs Steve by 10 pounds is just as lean. Imagine. People are asking, like, Dana, did John die? Like, where's Let's he been? See it. They would be like, show it to us. He's got a picogram in his system. All right. <laughs> from 19 years ago. <laughs> he elbowed him from fucking 12 to 6 elbows. He's DQ'd. That picogram that he downloaded when he got a 12-6. So, no one. so the season was 2014, going back to J.J. Watt. He played 16 games. He had 59 solo tackles. So... You know, kind of an average season. 19 assists, 20 and a half sacks, 29 tackles for loss, four forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries for 59 total yards and a touchdown, one interception, which was an 80-yard touchdown. At 900 he, pounds. He received – he had 10 passes, you know, Bad defended it. or whatever you want to say. He had one safety. He had one kick block. He had three receptions on three targets for four yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, so he did everything. And that was in 2015. That was the year the Broncos They gave the, the fucking Bowl. Matt Ryan. Two and I think that was the year they gave – let me see. That was 2015. So the winner of the – was Cam Newton that year when he, uh, he led that offense. Cam Newton. The Carolina Panthers offense that year. I mean, I love Cam Newton, but J.J. Washington – JJ I mean, Watt numbers been, alone. What are we talking won. about? That's insane. I think also that's the season that kind of cemented JJ Watt as like a the household name. You yeah, know what I'm like that, that. That's the conversation. Do you guys even know any of the players, the defense players that won MVP? There's only been two in the history of the league. One was like back in the 50s, and I can't remember who it was. The other one was Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, 1986. Yeah. There was also a kicker, a place kicker in what? 1982, Mark Mosley. One MVP. What? How many fucking points did he have, dude? And the other, uh, Alan Page in 71 was a defensive tackle for the Vikings and won it. 
Hold on. How many points does a kicker have to score in a season to win the MVP? Yeah. A thousand? That's insane. All right, let, me, let me click on his stats real quick. He has like Mark, one season. He only played one season. Mark Mosley. He 19. won the MVP and just retired. And he's like, see you guys. He's like, I'm the greatest kicker ever. I've never even heard Hang of Matt Mosley. I mean, also, I don't I've follow kickers. I've never heard of him. I think I'd rather watch grass. He was a Super Bowl champion, kicker, two-time but. Pro Bowler, NFC Player of the Year, first team All-Pro. You guys don't know superstar kicker Mark Mosley? <laughs> <laughs> So his regular season stats, what, what year to 82? He was he played in nine games, was 20 of 21. One of one from in 20 yards. From 20 to 29 yards, he was Coupo, six dude. of six. 30 to 39, <laughs> he was eight of eight. And 40 to 49, he was five of six with zero over 50 yards. What on earth was Who happening voted? in 82? Dude, Is that a scab? They must have played in nine games. They only did an all-star game with a kickoff. And, and <laughs> he was 16 of 19 on extra points when they were kicking from the fucking two and a half yard line. That whole season and he only played was a nine games. Right? I'm going to write a, like a letter to the NFL. I think it was like, a you guys should review then. the 1982 season the entire and like, find yeah. anyone else. Like if anyone got a tackle that season, make them an MVP. If okay, I think it was a short. If season. we took if we took Reggie Bush's Heisman away from him in the record books, we can take that guy's fucking MVP. Right? <laughs> Fuck that guy and his MVP. 1982 <laughs> kicker. That's one MVP for playing wild. nine games. That's egregious. That's egregious. That's a. That's but wild. The last non-quarterback to win was AP in 2012. Dude, I love Other AP. than that, wow. it's been all quarterbacks. And then the last time a running back won before that was Sean Alexander in 2005, oh. followed by LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006. Fuck, do you remember how good both of those guys were back in the day? Dude, LaDainian Tomlinson had one of the craziest years ever. Dude, I love LT. I had his God, poster so on my wall, and I would like I'd look at that, and I wanted to be a running back so bad. God, he was so good. He was a. F- I hated because him of LT. because we played him twice a year, and I'm like, yeah. we're gonna lose because LT's gonna drop six hundred touchdowns. Yeah. Well, well dude, the Broncos century? had good running backs because I like Clinton Portis a lot too. We had Clinton Portis, which I love Clinton Portis, but honestly, trading for Champ Bailey was a great move. Yeah, fucking phenomenal move. We had Terrell Davis. <coughs> Arguably, if he had a longer career, you could argue him as being a top five running back of all time. You know, we've had like Brandon said, Clinton Portis. I mean. We've had we had Willis McGahee, who was oh, phenomenal yeah. for the Ravens. We have Philip Lindsay now, who is an undrafted rookie, was great. I mean, he's rushed for over two thousand yards, you know, in his two two seasons here. We've had let's see, I'm trying to think of who else we've had. We, I mean, no Sean Marino, I don't but but that dude's. <laughs> I have to look it up. No Sean Marino was kind of hit or miss. Ronnie Hillman was hit or miss. I always liked watching the Eagles running backs because they had Brian Westbrook, who I liked a lot. Brian Westbrook. And they had Shady McCoy, who I obviously loved. Dude, Sean McCoy was so fucking good. Brian Westbrook was with Donovan McNabb the most, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those two. Donovan McNabb. Who was the receiver? They had a national treasure. They had had another good receiver. They had Avant. They had... what was it, Jason? Remember the old Campbell's Avant, chicken noodle soup Jason commercial? I think oh, they had the Atkins first one or something. Yeah. Like that. that was when they started. Yeah, <laughs> they had they T.O. Had, his mom, would yeah. his mom would show up on the oh, sidelines or whatever. And they had um, that McNabb led offense was gross though. I don't know. That was my favorite team. I mean, that's what got me into like watching the Eagles was when I was like a middle schooler. When Brian that Dawkins. time when yeah, and Brian Dawkins, <laughs> I, obviously he was my guy. B dog. Well, I don't have much more to add in terms of. I don't either. Football I'm kind of getting hungry. Prospect and Broncos going to win the Super Bowl, fifty to nothing over the Broncos. Run it seventeen zero. 
and then we lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck to you guys this fantasy season. Yeah, we'll be back probably with weekly or bi-weekly updates on yeah, fantasy I think, season. I think this will be fun if we can do like a weekly, on Tuesday nights, a weekly recap of what happened because then everyone will be our fucking insane scores. Yeah. Like, a weekly recap followed by a look to the future of, yeah, yeah. oh, my and, my whole team's dead. And that way we'll have a better idea of like who's, who's what, which NFL teams are looking good, which guys in fantasy are looking good. Because right now it's just it's all on paper. It's all based on projections. Like who fucked who. who right. It's all, it's all opinion until so, something yeah. happens, which yeah. the NFL season starts tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, dude. Chiefs. Te- Texans and Chiefs. Chiefs, so. Texans. And yeah, but thanks for tuning in to the uh, Rogue One Owners Meeting Podcast, Episode 1. <laughs> thanks AKA for having just, me, guys. Yeah, just thanks for, uh, and, uh, for Zach being on his first episode. Yeah. Appreciate it. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks well, for having me back. Brandon, welcome back. back. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It was yeah. fun. So, Let's make this a regular thing, guys. We'll, I love uh, that. We'll talk to you boys later. All right, bye, everybody. Later.